What you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected. Nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon became a nightmare. For 30 years, the files collected dust in the Coal Cases Division of the Travis County Police Department. Over 1,300 pieces of evidence were collected from the crime scene at the Hewitt residence. Yet none of the evidence was more compelling than the classified police footage of the crime scene walkthrough. The crime scene was not properly secured by Travis County Police. Two investigating officers were fatally wounded that day. This is the only known image of Thomas Hewitt, the man they call Leatherface. You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 197. Welcome back to the Buzz Kill Podcast, where today we head back for a third helping of Manwich on. <laughs> Easy, breezy, beautiful. Cut a girl. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, I love this man. This is week three. You love this man? I, the, <laughs> the one the one sitting across from you? I love this man. I love I this love, man! <laughs> I just want to scream it from a mountaintop. Uh, I love that, you too, dude. That, that, actually, that actually goes hand in hand with what I was about to say. Yeah? Because this is our third week of just, just diving into the man meat. Oh. And um, all things sausage related. <laughs> That's um I was listening to a podcast today. It's tasty, today. it's juicy. I was listening to a podcast today. Yeah. Okay. Um, was it ours? I have ever no was ever it since ours? it was not ours. Ugh. Uh ever since I cut the cable cord, I have become somewhat of a YouTube guy. I watch YouTube TV or not YouTube TV, but YouTube channels now. Yeah. That's my TV. Sure. And I um you've watched some of it with me. I'm a big fan of the Good Mythical Morning Show. Oh yeah. I love it. It's fun. Sure. It's stupid. Yeah. I wish I had that job. Um <laughs> The you do it's right here yeah, except right. for you just don't get paid for it <laughs> and we're nowhere near as good. But uh, they have I'm I'm more uh, in tune to the cooking aspect of it though. Yeah, and their chef uh, has a podcast where they talk about really stupid food myths and this and that. And uh, the one that I was listening to today, which was this week's, uh, they're talking about is does a hot dog re-become a hot dog in your body after you eat it? Because you eat it, and you're pulverizing the meat, and then it's just in your natural intestine casing. Uh. So does the hot dog re-become re a hot dog while it is in your intestinal tract? Huh. Right? And, 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 and to take it a step further, are you then a living, breathing hot dog? Hot, well, a hot dog... <laughs> Kate, well, well, if your intestines... No, your intestine would be... <laughs> The hot dog casing. So you would, yeah. So, 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 so you do, so, so you, so do, you'd be, you'd be a living, breathing hot dog bun, right? That's it. Corn dog, actually, because it's completely enclosed. A corn dog. It's a corn dog. We are, we are corn dogs. All you need to do is <laughs> shove a stick up your ass and you're good to go. I'm a corn dog. 
I mean, I, I become a corn dog every Friday night. <laughs> listen, man, dip me in some ketchup. It's 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 mating season. Okay, hold on, wait, <laughs> stop it. Just will you just will you join us normies on the fucking uh, on Earth? And if you're about to say normal and mustard in the yes, same sentence, go fuck yourself. You dip a corn dog in mustard, you friend. Filled to fish. That's all I'm gonna say. Fine. You've seen me throw up all over a kitchen. Oh. By eating mustard. You know how much I hate it. If you don't think that I'm not tom- tomorrow, what's today? Today is the 30th. Is there 31 days in July? There is not. There's not. I don't believe so, at least. If, if you don't think that I'm not getting online tomorrow to order a sixer of the new French's Mustard IPA. The show's over. You're you fucking insane, that, dude. And I'm going that, to bring it here bring and you're going to, to drink it. Here's the thing. If you even bring that into my my apartment, bad things are going to happen. Fine, dude. I will take that six. F- I will take fire that a six, spot in my face? I don't give I will, a shit. <laughs> I will take that six pack outside and take an axe to it. No, you that's won't. That's what I will do. No, because I will have paid $20 for I don't, it. Well, that's, I'm telling you right now, you are actively losing $20 if you do that. Listen, dude. There's nothing in this world that you could... I know how much you hate mustard, but there's nothing in this world... And there's certain things that I'm not too fond of. There's nothing in this world that you couldn't get me to just at least try once. You're going to try the mustard beer. I'm, I'm you not are. going to. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I guarantee you I would crack that can and instantly want to like just empty my stomach. But you've... you Even you've admitted in the last couple months, not the last yellow. few months here... Not yellow. There's a difference between mustard flavoring that I've sort of come around to and like honey mustards or whatever. Pure, unadulterated yellow mustard is the most disgusting thing on the face of the earth. False, first of all. <laughs> but don't you put mustard in your your amazing potato salad? Uh, Dijon. Oh, fuck. Dude, your potato salad? It's bomb ass, right? Is next to none. And I, put, I also put Dijon in that... Uh, uh, the dressing for that kale and Brussels sprout salad that you tried. Oh, that was delicious. That's all I'm just saying. I cook. I cook with mustard actually quite frequently. But it's, it's like, just it's, it's the like, yellow. I don't get what, that because you like vinegar, and the only difference between yellow mustard and like Dijon or Stone Ground Stone Ground is, is the there's mustard. more of a vin, there's more of a vinegar taste. <laughs> no, it's the way that the way that I always talk about it when when you're cooking with it. It's like you know I like. Um, what are the three primary colors? Red, red, blue, and red, blue, and yellow. Uh, Is it red, blue, yeah. And yellow? yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I hate yellow, right? But if you mix red and yellow together, you get orange. Or, no, green. <laughs> orange. Is it orange? Red and yellow, Mike? You Is get it, orange. Which one, which one makes green? God. <laughs> green, uh, yellow and blue. That's what I meant to say. Okay. So if you mix the yellow and the blue together, though, I love green. Green is not yellow. You know what I'm saying? It becomes something completely different is my point. What? So when you cook with it, you're not eating it straight up. What do you have against yellow? It is the color of mustard. Oh. <laughs> is that really what it is? Yes. You when just, when you have you hate... ever seen me wear yellow anything? You wear a yellow pirate's hat almost every day. Fuck you. Right. Yep. Fuck I was, you, dude. I, I, that really, I was really just trying to go on that tangent. And also, right. you, and also you have a I've yellow... I've actually made yellow shirts for Glass in the Ocean in yeah. the past. <laughs> you silly bitch. Dude. My point is this, though, is that when it becomes something different than when you, tra- when you transform it into something different, I'm completely okay with it. Okay. So as long as I mix some blue food coloring into your French's mustard, you're good to go Here's because it'll be do. green. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> 
there's sriracha beer, right? Sriracha yeah. beer is probably the closest thing to ketchup beer that is on the market. Is that fair know. to say? I or a bloody know. beer. Like a bloody beer. Oh, like a like chilada. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to mix together a chilada, oh. French's mustard beer, and then... Cook hot dogs hot in dog it. Hot dog water. No. no. Hot dog water. Mm. We're going to mix them all together into an elixir, and we're going to see if it's like drinking a hot dog. I'll do that. <laughs> I know you will. Will you? No. <laughs> Come on. Have a little bit of fun. I will do it with the sriracha beer and the hot dog water. Or the, or the not the sriracha, the, uh, the chilada and the hot dog water. Listen, if I if I buy this French's beer, you're going to try it. I'm not going to. I will allow you to stand over by your sink just in case you We've ralph. argued about this for nearly five minutes. Fine. <laughs> This is this is what you get when you hang out with us just on a on a normal basis. Me and Mike arguing about the dumbest shit in the world. That's actually very true. And this show is <clears throat> it's it's like just hanging out with us, right? Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. So <laughs> welcome to the fucking family. We're arguing again. Um, but you can't do it this week. Okay. You can't do it this week. All you right. can't ruin this week for me. Okay. It's my birthday week. Ah, fuck your birthday, bro. All right, I, moving on. Hey, um, I already <laughs> celebrated your birthday. I sent you the mystery box. Oh, I know you did. Uh, are are we are so we're having a, a barbecue, a celebratory barbecue? Next I guess. Weekend? Fucking that, Brian's that that the together. Hey, fucking Brian. I don't know. It's not this if weekend. I, though, if it's I can be next say weekend. anything though, there's gonna be really good food. Well, I told him he had to cook me that, a tomahawk steak, and he didn't go for it. Well, because that's just for you. It's, but the whole thing's for me, James. You're so selfish. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> You're so... When it, comes, when it comes to beautifully cooked tomahawk steak, yes, I am selfish. Listen, man. I don't give a shit about your tomahawk steak. I want some burnt ends. No, he'll make them. Oh, dude. Oh, he'll make them. I mean... And he'll, that, I and mean he'll, it'll, be, it'll be burnt ends with a side of pork rinds and uh, <laughs> bacon fat cookies. Because <laughs> it's keto, right? Because, <laughs> no, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> I say that in jest, Brian. I love you, but here's the thing: <laughs> you're actively killing yourself. Oh my. Yeah. No, right. I'm, no. I I told you it's just fine. the other day that I'm seriously about ready to start saying this to his face because the dude thinks that just because he's eating keto, it's healthy, and it's not. Yeah. And I love him, and I don't want to see him be unhealthy. It's like uh, I'm sorry. It's like just throw some greens in there every once in a while, you know, and not greens soaked in bacon fat. <laughs> That's what he would do. I guarantee you he would make a salad and then make a vinaigrette out of bacon fat and oil. He would do that. Which, to be fair... <laughs> would probably be delicious. To, to be fair, <laughs> would probably be fucking tasty. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the point is, don't die. Don't die. I love you, Brian. Like, <laughs> really? seriously, like, I'm worried for your fucking health. Like, I'm... <laughs> like, it's gone. I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> Sit down for a second in the kitchen. We need to have a conversation about your cooking regimen. The best part about that is there's usually, when they catch those motherfuckers, there's usually a plate of cookies in front of them. <laughs> or a pizza or something. Oh, God. No, I, I... Wow. That came off super mean, and I'm not editing it out because he doesn't listen to the show anyway, but yeah. maybe if we put it into the world... It, it, it know, just like just through, will it into existence. just just through osmosis, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like people, the twelve people who listen to this show will find out who Brian is and <laughs> start sending him DMs and just be like, "Hey man, your bros are really worried about you." <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> oh God. Uh, oh God. 
Well, hey, well, man, yeah. it's out there now. I did buy myself a birthday gift, though. Oh, what'd you get? I bought myself the uh, Friday Part 7 vinyl from oh, Waxworks. Oh, shit, dude. I meant to... I actually might have two of them coming to me because I couldn't remember if I ordered it like four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I know that I thought about it, and I tried to look up through my uh, my credit card statements and whatnot to see if it was on there, and I didn't see it. So I'm like, I think I'm safe to order another one. Hold on. I actually think I remember you ordering that one. It's not in any of my statements, though. So I think that I thought about it, but I never pulled the trigger. I think that's what it was. If two of them come, I'll take the other one. Brian just texted me. Holy oh, shit. Synchronicity. Oh, my God. What did he say? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Stop man. talking about <laughs> I fucking heard you talking about my bacon fat cookies. Out of here. <laughs> what did uh, he say? I don't know. It was a Snapchat. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, anyway, though, uh, yeah. So I bought that. That's fun. I, That's uh, cool. Well, if you do have two, I'll take the other one. Or I'll just send it back. No, 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 no. I'll pay you for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll pay you. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Or I'll make you a fine leather good. Ooh, I, I do need, I do need oh, well, leather fuck. goods. Yeah, I won't charge you for the uh, the sheath that I'm going to make for your knife. You are going to charge me anyway. I fucking was, no, dude. I'm not, not going to do free work for you. Are you insane? I do free work for us every week. So? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm trying to run a legitimate <laughs> business here, dude. <laughs> There's nothing legitimate about your life. Oh, that was mean. I got a hammock I'm chair on, today, I'm man. I'm on a roll today, aren't I? I got a hammock chair today. If man. you don't think that's legitimate, like, yes, maybe it Wait, was... did you just buy a <laughs> banana hammock and your wife sits on your lap? <laughs> like, like maybe my dad gave it to me <laughs> for free, but it doesn't make me any less legitimate. Well, I will, I'll you sit need, on... You need to come over and sit on it, I'll though. I'll sit on your banana hammock chair. I will. <laughs> it is It's. It is lovely. It's quite comfortable. And it's got a 250-pound rating, so if you drop a couple pounds, you'll be good to go. Oh, sweet. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I've we use this usually the part of the show where we talk about what we've done, and I haven't done shit. Yeah. It's whatever. Who, so. who cares, right? No one cares. We Here, we're not interesting. Um, you know what? It is interesting. What? We were on a roll for the last few weeks of like being pretty good with not getting stuff wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Doozy. Doozy last week. So let's get to some corrections. Okay. Stupid! You're so stupid! Okay, so here's the uh, here's the first thing that I got wrong. We did use Hazy Little Thing on an episode. Oh, told episode you. Episode 128, The Fog. Ah. You were right. You were right. It, but I might have been wrong in that I think, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> did I say The Mist? I think, oh. I think I might have said that we used it for The Mist. Actually, those movies, those movies are weirdly interchangeable for me. I know they're completely different from different eras, the whole deal, unless you're talking about the remake of The Fog. But, like, for, like, like did you ever, like, pair up movies in your mind? Yeah. That, like, sister movies? Totally. Yeah. Those two, for very obvious reasons, are always paired up for me. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, I, I do know why. What other example do you have? Um, let's see here. Uh Oh, now you're putting me on the fucking spot. Yeah, me too. And, um, and it's have, funny because I, I actually have, have several of these, but I can't think of any. <laughs> like Empire Records and like Singles is is one of mine. They're both okay. they're both nineties. They're both about grunge. Like yeah, they they go hand in hand to me. Um, sure. I there's other examples that I literally just can't think of now because you put me on the fucking spot. Yeah, no, it's I put you on the spot, but I also put myself on the spot because <laughs> I I know that I do the same thing with movies. Oh, Dawn, I, of, Dawn of the Dead and Evil Dead. Well, because yeah. no, that was, but the reason was because when I was younger, 
I found out about those mo- those two movies at the exact same time. Mm. So mm-hmm. like in my brain, those two movies are always linked. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving on here. Uh, you said that it would cost $60 to change your name legally in the United States. Oh, yeah. Truth is... It varies from state to state. Every okay. state has a different uh, a different cost uh, incurred. However, it varies anywhere between fifty and three hundred dollars for most states. Some are up to five hundred. Some are as low as ten. Like in Alaska, I think you can change your name for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna move to Alaska. Uh, in Michigan, though, it gain is citizenship or not citizen citizenship, but like uh, statusship. Status statusship. <laughs> And and uh, and change my name for ten dollars, and then oh. I'm going to come back officially as Jimmy Von Six. In in I support this. In <laughs> Michigan, it is one hundred and fifty dollars. So I wasn't I wasn't totally wrong because there's well, probably some is, places. Wrong is wrong, James. Well, there's wrong, and then there's totally wrong. You know what else you were wrong about? What your penis? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said that he that you had heard that mm. a penis that the penis. Oh, uh, this whole natural, switchblade it's thing? natural yeah. state is erect. Okay. Not true Not at true. All. Uh, a flaccid penis is its natural state. All right. The blood vessels are normal and arteries are in their natural resting state, not the other way around. Okay. Yes. I did look up penis facts just for you. <laughs> Maybe I was just speaking for myself. <laughs> Maybe I was just saying Maybe. My, the natural state of mine is, uh, well, not skyward. Uh, I guess whatever whatever direction I'm pointing, well, really. <laughs> maybe you should see a doctor because that doesn't strike me as being very normal. <laughs> if you're just if you're just walking around with a yardstick all day, there's a problem. Just saying. If you um, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, call more ladies. <laughs> Is that from the ladies, man? I think so. Yeah. All right, uh, and then also I lied. I said that Death Proof was the most Tarantino movie ever like yeah. the most tarantino tarantino movie ever yeah i forgot about the hateful eight which is literally three hours of a bunch of dudes in a room talking and a lady and a lady but i forgot um, about that one that one is the most tarantino tarantino movie i ever. haven't watched it yet it's good it's I've really heard good. it's really good it's good but so that but it literally is the, the, the like i said last last week the cinema equivalent of him sucking his own dick so like that's how, what it is so how good is tarantino if he can just because like i said i'm At i'm, I'm <laughs> probably really <laughs> <Pretty> good, good. <laughs> he's got a gigantic mouth he works his um, tongue a lot <laughs> have, but like I, so i haven't seen the movie so i'm just taking you at your word that it's literally just like three hours of it is a bunch it's, of people it, sitting in a room talking it's a cabin and one by one different people show up to the cabin and so they how, talk so how fucking good are you at making movies if you can make that interesting there's a reason that he's quitting fucking tarantino That's there's crazy, a reason dude. that i have a molded plastic action figure of tarantino from planet terror i see he's not wearing his mask uh, it's over. It's on his side, and he also has a cigar in his eye. Okay, or a, or a table leg rather. Okay, because one time when we were recording this show, and uh, you went to the bathroom, I started playing with that thing, and, and did you the, break it? No, the mask came off, and I was like, <laughs> I can't get this fucking thing to stay on. So I was afraid that I had broken. No, I never it noticed it. Okay, well, you well, motherfucker. Okay, we're back. Yeah, uh, James, uh, what are I... <laughs> A little bit of nastiness there. What are we doing this week? All right. So this week, of course, we're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The remake. The remake from 2003. 
and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah. Uh, from I've 2006. Never, I had never seen the beginning before. Neither had I. It's first time for me. Uh, yep, first I, for me. I'd seen, I have, I I have, had seen scenes from it. I have notes. Oh, God. <laughs> I know I what have, that means. When Michael has notes. notes, I know what that means. <clears throat> All right, so this week, Michael went and, uh, hey, good find here, because last week we did Shiner. Well, and, I, and I mentioned that I wanted to use that for for, for one of these Texas episodes. Chainsaw Massacre. And, then I and we randomly came across this. I actually had something else in my hand that I'm going to wait for two weeks to use <laughs> at the end because it's a doos. <laughs> I don't I don't want to wait two weeks to see you use what's in your hand. Well. If you know what I mean. Well. <laughs> you know. Uh yeah. So last week we drank Shinerbach because it was uh that's what they were drinking in Death Proof. Uh-huh. So we we kind of thought, ah, shit, we can't use that for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But alas, <laughs> uh, Michael found a Shiner. It's a variety uh, pack. Texas Heat Wave. Oh, a what? Texas Heat Wave <laughs> variety pack. So I've got three different beers to talk about here. So this is the first one. Of course, this is from Spetzel Brewery. Uh-huh. That's what I'm going to say. It's, I don't know. It's very German. Uh, every drop of Shiner is brewed in Shiner, Texas. You read that last week. You don't need to read that. Made with Poteet, Texas strawberries. Like Poteet or Poteet? Poteet. Poteet. Kind of cute. Okay. Uh, so this is Strawberry Blonde. Is that, is that like a Poteet Potato? Poteet Potato. <laughs> <laughs> Unique New York. <laughs> Poteet Potato. <laughs> the arsonist has oddly sharp... Oddly, oddly sharp I can't, find, I can't even say it. Uh, beer brewed with strawberries and with natural flavor added. Strawberry Blonde is backed by popular demand for the summer. Brewed with the best of what Shiner, Texas has to offer together with Poteet, Texas strawberries for a handcrafted farm-to-table favorite. Brewed with juicy homegrown strawberries from the strawberry cap- strawberry capital of Texas with a blend of pale and wheat malt for a crisp finish. Strawberry Blonde is ripe for the drinking all summer long. I'm into that. Cheers. Here's, Why don't here's, you, uh, here's how I say we do this. Let's not go through all three of these beers now, and we'll intercut them. Okay. As the uh, as the show goes, I didn't realize that this class was already full of beer, so I'm gonna <laughs> drink this really quick while you're pouring yours. And okay. You, you feel free to wax poetic about whatever the hell you want, real quick. Um, you say wax poetic, and it makes me think of Wax Static, which is the greatest sponge <gasps> record. Not the greatest, but it's probably their best song. Wax Static. I have something to say it about Sponge. It is probably Sponge. Sponge's best song. And if you don't know who Sponge is, yeah, I took a lot more than I thought. Dude, you took the whole fucking... <laughs> I didn't drink out of it. I didn't take some. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's let's compare and contrast. That's <laughs> no, fine. You have a smaller glass. Jesus, so. <laughs> H. No, it's fine. Because I've drank more than you tonight. So, <clears throat> um, um, I've got something to say about Sponge, actually. Oh, what's that? Well, <laughs> I've always... Sponge is like legendary around here. Sure. If you don't know, if you don't know Sponge, clearly you didn't grow up in the '90s. <clears throat> they had songs like you know, Rotting Pinatas, Sixteen Candles, Molly, whatever. What's they were a the huge uh, grunge band though back in the '90s? What's the and they're from we oh Human Wreckage. Plowed, no. Plow. It's yeah. It's called yeah. Plow. I, I just in said, a world of, of human wreckage. wreckage. So they're from right here. Here's where the we thing. Are. Uh, first of all, a little side note: my old drummer from Search the City, Adam McMillian. 
learned his first, like his first lessons in drumming that he ever took were, mm-hmm. was from the drummer of of, oh, cool. of, of Sponge. Um, <clears throat> Doesn't shock me, but yeah. So in a way, I have Sponge to credit for my success as a musician <laughs> because Search the City was the Very, most successful band I was in. Um, qu- success in quotations. That's mean. Well, did you record the record? I recorded every record. Yeah, that's a lie. In spirit, motherfucker. Oh, you know, I did hear uh, something so, about bass players in that band wanting uh, <laughs> wanting um, recognition for things they didn't do. I've, uh, I've heard about that before. Yeah, let's not get started on that. <laughs> um, but Sponge, I've always made fun of that song a little bit. Why? Because it's so... Like it was like, but before the time of but, no, yes. no, not at all. Oh, it totally. Dude, that's is. what grunge was, though. Mm, grunge was. It doesn't sound grunge to me. Yeah, grunge was like a perfectly beautifully shaped butthole, and then in the two thousands, butt rock was basically just blown out butthole. <laughs> well, so it's all butt <laughs> in a way. Oh, sure, but like, but but grunge had like a sense of. But no. But hold on. The, better. <laughs> the recording of that song, Plowed, he doesn't sound great. Sure he does. No, he Vinny sounds amazing. He doesn't he's mm. singing off key in several parts yes, of the song. Intentionally. Not, uh, intentionally. No, I disagree because what I'm getting at is I finally saw a live performance of them performing Plowed on Letterman mm-hmm. and he sounded infinitely better. Which which leads me to believe if he can sing it live perfectly when they're in the studio, it was an intentional choice to make it sound the way they did. Why would you intentionally make something sound... Because it sounds amazing. Because it fits the song. It doesn't, though. It's good. The live version is better. You have no musical, like, standing here. This is gonna... Okay. Sorry. Cheers. Strawberry <laughs> Blonde. Little sponge history for you. <laughs> strawberry blonde. Let me let me drink my one and a half ounces of strawberry blonde for fuck's sake. Oh. Um, it's tasty. Here. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, okay. okay, fine. COVID, bro. It you is tasty. Just be pouring your shit from your glass into my glass. Oh, oh! Now you're worried about We're it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You weren't so worried about it last night when I was. Okay, fair point, but that was between us, so uh, let's just move on. Um, What's a drink between friends? <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're going to do, we've got our other two beers that we're going to kind of pepper in. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, pepper, there's, after we talk about the character of pepper in oh, the first movie, we'll pepper in another beer. Oh, see, we were talking about grunge music. I was just thinking of the Butthole Surfers cuz I mentioned Buttholes. Oh. Pepper's a great song. You know, this is you know what? Fuck the movies. Let's just talk about 90s grunge rock. We listened night. to that song on the way home from the drive-in the other night. Yeah. Fantastic song. Yeah, I also surfed your butthole. <laughs> Why don't people What's wrong with people who don't listen to '90s music? I, a lot, everything, <clears throat> everything. I've Their been upbringing go- was was sad. There, the '90s was the greatest. Listen, I I know this is a controversial statement, and I know this has nothing to do with movies, but the '90s, in my opinion, was the single greatest era for music, hands down. Period. 
I, I'm also very <clears throat> biased. <laughs> I disagree and agree with you at the same. I love '90s music. I also love music from like the '50s and '60s though sure. too. And you wouldn't have um, the grunge music without the music from the '50s and '60s. And I recognize of course, that. Of course, but um, I've been going through the Silverchair discography the last couple days. So good. I mean, I've I've already listened to it, but I just decided to revisit it the last couple. How days. How far Man, into oh, it did fuck. you get though? Uh, I listened to all of Frog Stomp, classic, uh, Freak Show, mm-hmm. um, Neon Di- Ballroom, uh, Neon Ballroom Diorama. Did you get Did you get into the last record though? Uh, which one? Oh, I'm sorry. Di- yeah, after Diorama, it was uh, it was the record with uh, Straight Lines on it. Um, it's like a it's like a pop record. It's like an elect an electro pop record. Oh, then no, I haven't um, gotten there yet. No, see, so I used to hate it, right? I yeah. used to be like, "What the fuck is this shit? What happened to my fucking blonde Aussie boys?" Like, um, and I hated it. And then I just I, I had tried listening to it multiple times. I just couldn't get into it, right? But yeah. because I love their discography so much, I would every now and then I would go back just to like, like "All right, yourself do I like it, it now?" Yeah. Do I? And finally, I did. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. It's a really, really good record. It's different. It's, it's, it's very, um, mature, quite frankly. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's them evolving their sound. It's not going to be for everybody, I suppose, but I like it a lot, actually. It's just thinking about how young they were when Frog Stomp came out and that, that album's incredible. Uh, like we couldn't have written stuff like that when we were 15 years old. No, oh God, no, no I, fucking way. I wrote listen- music when I was 15 years oh, old. Oh, yeah, me too, dude. And it sounded like shit. No offense, when I was, no when offense I was 15. to EBS or to Greg D because uh, EBS forever, ever, bro. But like the music we used to write when we were 15 years old cannot hold a candle to something like that. And when I was 15, fucking- when I was 15 years old, I thought I was edgy for adding in the 911 call from Columbine into a song. Oh, dude. Now granted, now granted, <laughs> the song was all about violence and school shootings and all that stuff. It was yeah. it was it was it was my 15-year-old take on world <laughs> events. Don't get me wrong. Oh, so it fit, but yeah, that's that's where I was. Young Modern is the name of the record. Oh, Young Modern. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I, I I would challenge you to go back and listen to it. But uh, Oh, I'm well, I'm still working my way through the discography. 2007 already. Their last record. Man. That's what I was saying, dude. Like, Diorama, Frog, Diorama is nearly twenty years old at this point. That's fucked. Yeah. When I like, like, like some of the orchestral stuff oh, and like so the good. theatrical, like it's across so across the night, like when you listen to that and you just like that is the that's the precursor to some of the stuff that like emo bands were doing in uh-huh. the uh, uh-huh. in like the mid two thousands. And you're like, oh, you guys just you ripped all this off like daniel oh, johns yeah. was doing this shit dude, way before all you assholes dude, daniel johns is always oh, a genius and it's life. funny because like sorry for everybody who doesn't listen to silver chair <laughs> but we're going off on a little rant here but we like are. it's so funny to look back at um i was watching interviews with them from when frog stomp came out from when they were you know 15 16 years old sure and you listen to his voice in the songs and it's so mature and like he's got such a grasp on what he's doing vocally and then you listen to him talk and he's just like oh yeah like i've i've got i just like we get we get into the uh, recording studio and i've uh you know I'm super soft spoken i just i play my guitar and 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 we write some songs <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like, yeah it, it's fuck, it's crazy it, it is <laughs> um his story's kind of crazy too he was bullied like he was bullied for being famous 
Yeah. The fuck Australia. <laughs> well, yeah, that like this one interviewer is like this one interviewer is like, do you guys have more friends now that you know you guys have, are kind of famous? They've been on like six it's international like an tours. It's by like an MTV interview. No, this it? it was this one was Australian. Okay, okay. And the guy was like, the guy's like, do you guys have a ton more friends now at school? And he's like, oh, we, we've actually got less friends, <laughs> you know, because people people thought like, oh look at these assholes, they're going off and playing music in their free yeah. time. It's like. Bro, and and the and the interviewer's like, how does it feel to be? I'm gonna drop the Aussie accent because I can't do it. <laughs> no, it sounds pretty good. But uh, the interviewer's like, how does it feel? Like, how does it feel to go back to school? And they're like, oh, it's pretty normal. And then he goes, how does it feel to be sitting in front of your math teacher though, knowing that you make 100 times more than they do. <laughs> like in in paycheck like knowing oh, that sure. your paycheck is a hundred times larger than theirs and they're just like they're just like that's kind of normal <laughs> like they just they were super humble about everything it was crazy like watching these 16 year old kids and they had no idea how talented they were oh yeah my insane. brother my brother won tickets off of 89x which is a local radio station around here yeah he won tickets to go see silver chair at our state theater on the frog stomp tour really yeah yeah, he sat. He sat. What do you what do you call those areas that are off to the side? The um, oh, like the, the bo- uh, not, the bo- not box seats. Yeah, box those seats. are yeah, box seats. Yeah, those box yeah, he seats. had box seats to see Slower Chair on their very first U.S. tour when yeah. they were like. I remember 16, I was seventeen years I was, old. Yeah, Shit. my brother had to have been maybe seventeen, so I was like thirteen, and I remember just being like, "I want to go." <laughs> <laughs> did um last point and we'll move off this because <laughs> yeah here's a we died weird um we died weird <laughs> i was trying to think of a word and i couldn't think of it you, i hope you, when i do die i die weird <laughs> like there's just something really off-putting about the diverted. way i die and everybody's like fuck that was that was weird the way he died <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's supposed to be pleasurable <laughs> We diverted weirdly into a music conversation, but um, did you ever see Daniel Johns's cover of "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? No, it was way after Silverchair, so he's like solo. Does like, he has piano rock now and stuff yeah. like that? I'm not the biggest fan of it to be honest with you, but his cover of "Smells Like Teen Spirit" is probably one of the best covers I've ever seen in my life. Really, it's incredible. Hey, anyway, let's speaking of let's news, talk about some horror movies. Let's get in the bleed feed. <laughs> That's what we're drinking. <laughs> Partially, that's what we're talking about. Let's get Par- into the bleed partially. feed. <laughs> the bleed feed. <laughs> All right, James. So speaking of silver chair, <laughs> <laughs> I did I did make James just watch the that Daniel John's Nirvana cover. Oh God, dude, fantastic! Right? Was I wrong? I want to I want to um, I want to make love to that. That's I want to make love wanna to do. that, but I also want to <laughs> I want I want to say Nirvana cover because it sounded like you just said Travana cover. <laughs> <laughs> I just made James uh, <laughs> some trivium cover. Tri- Travago. Travago. That <laughs> shitty. The, the the travel company the hotel booking company i just watched daniel johns sing about trivago for a couple minutes and uh changed my life man all right um <laughs> i don't know how to even get out of that so i'm just gonna go into the bleed feed go um for it. let's see here uh hey no dust this week oh that's a good thing cool it's not uh none that popped up on my radar how about that 
How about that? Y- yes. You look like you're about to you're about to correct me. I feel like somebody died, but I can't remember who it was. And well, that's they're, terrible. They're clearly not important. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. For those following along with the production and the release of Peninsula, the way that we have been, you know, the follow-up to Train Basan, we've been talking about it a lot in the last couple of weeks. You're going to have to wait a little longer to see it. Oh, for fuck's uh, sake. The North American release date was supposed to be August 7th, but it is no more, and it has been pushed back to August yeah. 21st, yeah. 2020. Oh, 2020. <laughs> it's only a couple weeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? I have no idea. I, my guess is that just something to do with the rights or something like that, or there is some mix-up somewhere. Maybe the prints are being held up somehow. I don't know. Okay. But it's, gonna, right. it's starting in Canada at their initial release date. So, like I said, my guess is that they just weren't going to be able to get it here in time. That's that's just my guess. But anyway, August twenty first, twenty twenty is when you can go to the drive ins to see said movie. Oh, cool! I guess you could potentially go to indoor theaters if they're open near you. But why would you want to do that? <laughs> indoor theaters are so twenty nineteen. <laughs> you fucking losers. <laughs> shirt. We're going to print a shirt of that. Um, <laughs> speaking of the drive-in, um, the last drive-in uh, summer special, the summer sleepover special, oh. which is going to be on Shudder uh, this upcoming August. We have yeah. a date for that, August 14th. All right. Pretty uh, pretty excited about that. Pretty. Speaking of Joe Bob, apparently uh, on one uh, on the podcast that Darcy the Mail Girl runs, she has a, uh, a podcast, I forget what it's called. <laughs> But um, she was talking to Joe Bob on it. Apparently, a few months back, kind of at the start of the whole thing, Joe Bob had COVID. Mm-hmm. I, holy shit. Joe Bob had COVID. Yeah. And he just, he didn't want to say anything because he didn't... Uh, he just said, he just said, oh, I'm like, because at the time it was, they weren't filming. Like uh-huh. he was just sort of kicking around his house. Like he's, he, and he's like, I'm supposed to tell people like who... Well, there's a bunch that, of other stuff going on too, though. Dude, don't I? I don't even know if I want to get started on that shit. Like, I somebody posted something today, and and it was about uh, so people are outraged, of course, because everybody's outraged about everything that Joe Bob didn't announce that he had COVID. That's not their place to be outraged. Yeah, who gives a fuck, dude? It's not yeah. your business. If he was just kicking around his house. It's not your business. Sure. Like if he's sick, let the guy be sick. He doesn't owe it to anybody to tell people when he's sick. I know there's a pandemic going on, but like knowing that a celebrity got it doesn't change anything for anybody else, you know? Um, I don't, you know, forget it. I don't even want to dive into this too much. We've had way too many uh, <laughs> sidebars already tonight. Um, so uh, for fans of the Witcher franchise, you know, either be the books, the games, or more, most importantly, the Netflix live action series, uh, you will be stoked to hear that Netflix stoked bringing that back back out of the 90s bro uh you'll be stoked to know that netflix is returning ahead of season two with the witcher blood origin which will quote tell the story lost to time the origin of the very first witcher and the events that led to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres that sounds sexy uh when the worlds of monsters men and elves merged to become one the witcher blood origin will tell the tale of the elven civilization before its fall and will importantly reveal the forgotten history of the very first witcher the series will take place 1200 years before the events of season one i am 
all about this. I'm just floored by what you find sexy. <laughs> Comm- commence the conjunction of the spheres. <laughs> oh, baby, you got me going. <laughs> dude, dude, don't look at my porn history. Um, I need to. Well, for the the show was the show was great or what? Fantastic. Yeah, loved it. I want to watch the show. So I want to play the game. The so game looks all incredible. So well, I would let you play mine. I loaned mine to John, and then his dog ate it. Ugh, fucker. Hold on. <laughs> Could he say that it got ruined in the flood and get a free copy? <laughs> I don't think that floods have teeth, so no. His hey. dog chewed the shit out of the game. Hey, you've um, never been to a flood in the Rockies. Fair. I don't know why I That's said fair. that. I, I've never been to one of the Rockies either, but I assume they have teeth. Well, anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh, anyway, though, uh, like I said, twelve hundred years before the events of season one, I am very excited about that. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I love that. The, I love season one. Season two has been pushed back because of COVID, obviously. But uh, yeah, it sounds like this is either they're it's something that they're figuring out how to do now, or it was already filmed. Mm-hmm. It's possible that it was already filmed. Um, I love like elven things though, like oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings, for example. Like my favorite stories, like were the elves. That's why I love the Hobbit, the Hobbit trilogy, the uh, the second trilogy, because they focus so much on like the elves and earlier parts of that. I was, Bro, I was you know you can, you can you you know you can go to university these days and major in elvish, right? Like maybe that's oh, maybe I, that's the path you should take. I don't care about that. The 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 elvish path. I don't care about that. Oh, okay. I'd rather work at a brothel <laughs> and major in elvish. An elvish brothel? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I bet it would make money in Vegas, whatever it means. All I know is that when you walk into the room, my sword lights up. (laughs) Sting. (laughs) Uh, James, I have a question for you. Yes? Do you need more streaming services in your life? Oh, I thought you were going to. Yeah, no. (laughs) I I, I I was about to until I realized I had more. I really don't. Um, Well, you're about to because Bloody Disgusting has partnered with a company called Cinegym. Uh, to create a brand new all horror streaming service curated by uh, Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew, uh, Horror Queers, and This Week in Horror, amongst a lot of others. So it sounds like there's a whole bunch of like different shows and, and uh, yeah. groups of people. I don't know how you would <clears throat> classify them, but they're going to be curating um, everything that's going to be on the streaming service. Okay. Best part, it's free. Oh, it's uh, so they're they're gonna run it the same way that like uh, Tubi does, where there's ads every now and then. Okay, who cares though? It's a built-in beer break. Yeah, for it's sure. Like watching a laser disc, yeah. you watch half the movie and then it stops. You get a beer, you flip the disc, good to go. That's radical. It's a digital laser disc. That's that's what it is. <laughs> that's that's not bad. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, um, I think they're calling it Bloody Disgusting TV. I think. It was hard to tell. Way to think. Way to think outside the box, there, guys. They, they didn't. They didn't specifically say that, but they hashtagged it. So I'm thinking that's what they're calling it. Who okay. knows? Um, but I'm excited for it though. It's going to launch uh, this fall in time for the Halloween season. Cool. And hey, it's another all horror free streaming service. Hey man, why not? Hey man, why not? Now, James, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you need more streaming services? <laughs> <laughs> What's new on Blue? Oh, baby. All right. So as we told you back in June, Rob Zombie's Firefly trilogy. What are you doing? Nothing. Go on. That's rude. Sorry. Picking up your phone and looking at shit while I'm trying to do my blues. I'm doing the most important part of the show right now, and you pick your phone up. Sorry. As we told you back in June, Rob Zombie's Firefly trilogy, which includes House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell, will be getting a limited edition release, which will be immortalized in... Stunning 
Steelbook Packaging. Well, if you're not like Michael here, who is notoriously an avid collector of what he calls God's packaging, the packaging that punishingly puts VHS to shame in a way that makes Catholic nun teachers look like friendly, gentle grannies wrapped in old garbage bags. It's been announced that the Trilogy Collection will also be getting a standard edition. And way better art. Release coming September Way 22nd. better art for it, too. The art sucks, dude. Way better than the fucking steelbook. I'll tell you that much. The art sucks. It's just one package with all of the characters from all three movies oh, on the fucking cover. That's I stupid ha- looking. I hate multi-movie discs. Don't get me wrong. Or multi-movie packages. I hate that. Yeah. My, my point is, was the cover art is better on this than the steelbook is okay that's all i'm saying all right then uh from vinegar syndrome comes 1982's horror film parody pandemonium starring carol kane judge reinhold phil hartman tom smothers paul rubens and tab hunter and 1987's the caller starring malcolm mcdowell and madeline smith both titles will be getting brand new 2K restorations and are available for pre-order now at vinegarsyndrome.com. Is that all you got? Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's get to the last bit of news here. Bummed that you won't be getting a new Halloween film this year? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of us are, James. I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> all right. Well, this may scratch the itch for us, you know, Halloween people that want something. Uh, following the recent trend of re-releasing horror classics in drive-in theaters, the original Halloween is getting re-released mm. to drive-ins. Mm-hmm. James, we ain't done yet at the drive-in mm. this year. Um, not only is the original getting it, though, the fourth and fifth sequels are also getting re-released. So you can go to the drive-in and see not only the original Halloween, but you can also double feature Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. That's that's a triple feature. Well, I don't think they're going to be all together, James. (laughs) Your wording was confusing. Well, that's fair. (laughs) My point is, though, is that there's going to be a lot of Halloween coming at you in a theater setting right on your windshield. It's going to be pretty awesome. We usually sit outside of our car. You're ruining this, James. (laughs) I ruined your your news. Welcome to the club, man. Um, Anyway, though, uh, yeah, Halloween, we're going to see that when it comes. Yeah. Because there's no way... That that, would be silly of us not to. There's no way that our uh, drive-in is not going to get it because they've been doing everything. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, our drive-in's been killing it. What's your dream double feature, though? Halloween and what? Oh, boy. Like a dream. Dream. (laughs) (laughs) You're... Your cream dream. <laughs> what is what is your horror cream dream, James? Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Halloween, mm-hmm. right? The original Halloween. Yeah. And then, like, maybe another um, Jamie Lee Curtis movie, like uh, Prom Night, like mm. the original Prom Night or something like that. Like mm. something, something of the era. Um. Yeah. I'm. I, I'm gonna pick two others just because Halloween is sort of an obvious one. So I'm gonna go triple feature here, right? So I'm gonna go Halloween, which is just a toss away because that's the, the that's sure. the obvious one, and I'm gonna go with uh something like Christine. Okay. Because it involves cars. We're all sitting in our cars, and the Blob. Mm. I think the Blob would I'd, be really cool see, I'm to see. I'm gonna see the Blob though. I'm gonna see the Blob and the Thing double feature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Halloween the thing, 
I'm one screen. Or Halloween no, and... No, Halloween, Halloween and Christine, Christine I'm, I'm one screen. I'm one, and then the blob and the thing on the other screen. Dude, we should do this for a living. <laughs> Hire us. <laughs> we don't know anything about projection <laughs> or f- film whatsoever, or, but hire or, us. Or literally anything else. Or anything matter. at all. <laughs> no, nothing. Um, I do know one thing. What? It's time for the tofu. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. <laughs> All right. We're gonna- should we... Hold on. Before we get into the tofu, should yes. we crack another beer? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. All right. So why don't we try the mango kolsch? I'm into that. You want to? Yeah. All right. Uh, pairs best with summer. Hello. It's summer. Uh, brewed for long and sweltering Texas summers, our mango kolsch is a crisp, sessionable take on an old world classic. Thanks to the refreshing sweetness of real mangoes. I do love mangoes. It's perfect for just about anything under the sun. Mowing mowing the grass? Check. Tubing the river? Check. Snorkeling for lost sunglasses? Check. Double check. <laughs> Cracking open another mango kolsch. Now you're getting it. Cheers. <laughs> All right. So this is mango kolsch, also from Spetzel Brewery, Shiner. It's a shiner mango. I'm into, I like mango beers. I do too. A little extra sweetness in there. A little, uh, you know, summer flavors, if you will. There's only one thing that I love more than a mango-flavored beverage, and that is a mandingo-flavored Ooh, beverage. Mandingo. <laughs> nice, nice frothy hat on it. Oh, God. <laughs> Those are... They're tough to come by, though. Oh, are they? Or are they? Few and far between. <laughs> All right. What's your what's your batting average, James? <laughs> Cheers. See that equal pour. Mm. We each get some. Oh, they've gone plaid. We're watching uh, Spaceballs now. That's the movie on the screen. Okay, that is incredibly is, mango filled. It's incredibly mango filled. I think that I like the strawberry one better though. The strawberry one still tasted like beer, whereas this one just tastes like tastes mango like a, juice. Tastes like a like a mango nectar. Yeah, almost. yeah, kind of. Which it's good, don't get me wrong, but like it doesn't have the beer component that I'm missing. And a nectar needs to be mixed with vodka. Mm. Like when you're drinking papaya juice. Yeah, papaya nectar with Um so this is good. This is good. I'm not going crazy over it though. No. I'm not yeah, I'm literally not going crazy over it because no, you'd be dead all. by now but that's true um okay so uh we are going to now move on take a little break here uh gather ourselves and when we come back we're going to be talking about the remake of texas chainsaw the new age and the prequel to the new age texas chainsaw yeah were they good there's only one way to find out stay tuned <laughs> Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the swamp. <laughs> this is uh, some asshole with a chainsaw. <laughs> it's the wrong movie. Um, okay, so 2003, 
brought us the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think like <clears throat> most people, I, I, I remember when this came out. I was, uh, I was graduating high school this year. You know, I remember when this movie came out, and I remember thinking to myself, this is going to suck. Really? Yeah, well, because at that point in time... Had you seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre at this point? Oh, yeah. By this point, yeah. In 2003? End of high school? Yeah, I was I was well into my, my horror fandom at that oh, point. Oh, muy fui. Well, sorry. No, like, like, well into at least, you know, seeing a lot of the classics or whatever <clears> and whatever. Like, I was caught up. But, like, I... It was one of those things where remakes were still sort of new, you know, like there weren't a ton of them. I think this, this actually, is, I think sort of kicked off <clears throat> the Hollywood remake craze. Um, and at the time I remember thinking to myself, why are we getting a new one of these movies? There's one that already exists. It's fantastic. We don't need this. <laughs> I, I, I remember saying that and it's funny because years later, we still say the exact same thing about every remake that comes out. Like, why are we getting a remake of this? It uh-huh. doesn't need to exist. Right. The original's fantastic. And that's because we have a, a long lineage of shitty remakes, quite frankly. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Back then, though, I didn't like it because it just didn't seem necessary. Not because remakes were bad. It's just because. <laughs> and not we only, didn't need it. not only did this come out around the time, like, not only were we. Uh, experiencing a bunch of shitty remakes within this sort of decade of time, but also just a lot of shitty horror movies in general. Like the early 2000s were not a great time for horror, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was was a weird time. There was some good stuff that came out of it, some bad. And like I said, when this when this came up though, it's like, why? Why do we need this? Yeah. It seems stupid to me. Little did we know this would be even to date one of the best remakes that they've ever made is that our opinion or is that um, sort of well it's definitely our opinion but it, i think a lot of people do like it is a shared movie, opinion though. though it is a yeah. shared opinion i think that by and large this movie is is generally loved more than it is hated um and i think for good reason you know there's marcus nispel who directed it I think uh, he's the entire reason that this movie was as good as it was yeah. because of his choices. Um, and that becomes very apparent when you watch the sequel. And I think it I think it has a lot to do with his history, too, because he was mostly uh, involved with music videos. He directed one of 90s. my favorite music videos. Is it? Hold on. I know what you're going to say. Greedy Fly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, Bush is one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah. Greed Fly was... Um, it's a very cinematic video. Like the song's only like three minutes long, but the but video is like seven minutes long. So it's like, but it's so dark it's, and like it's it's, it's got those style like is oozing out of that video and it's oozing out of this movie. It's it's dark and even though even though uh, even though it's kind of a slow song, there's sort of a frenetic feel to mm-hmm. it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the quick the quick cuts of like like random images and stuff like that. And that really carried over into filmmaking, which yep. I, I think wasn't this wasn't well, this one of his, his first movies that he made. One of his first, yeah. He when he was doing music videos and commercials, he was shooting them like movies. Yeah, like because that's what he always wanted to do. Right. You know, there's a really really great. I need to bring this up. The um, the special <clears throat> edition DVD of this movie is fantastic not only is the packaging really cool i posted uh, a picture of it on our instagram a couple days ago when i was watching it yeah but 
Uh, it's chock full of, uh, there's a really great feature length documentary about the whole making of the movie. There's also a documentary on the deleted scenes from the movie, which I think is a really cool way to present those scenes where you have the filmmakers actually talking about the scenes, I, why they deleted them. I've never seen that before. Um, have you ever seen that before? A, yeah, a documentary there, about the deleted scenes? Yeah, there's, I can't think of it right now. There was, there's one or two other movies I know that have done it, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's kind of rare. Yeah. Usually they don't put that kind of effort into that. They just throw the deleted scenes on disc and call it a day. Yeah. That's usually what they do, but. All right, let's see here. After picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed chainsaw-wielding loon and his family of equally psychopathic killers. Does that sound familiar? Well, it should. Because <laughs> it's a remake. Um, it's, it's, it's weird, though. Like This movie couldn't be more different than the original. Like it, For as much as they're the same, they're two completely different beasts, in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah. I love them both for vastly different reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, this one was very high production value, whereas the original was shitty, you know, fly by your seat of the pants, you know, uh, just guerrilla filming right. kind of stuff. Well, you're also talking about 30 years of difference between sure. filming. Um, the quality is going to be better just in, in just technology being better right. in, in, in and of itself. But. But it does. But it, there is more money behind this. Not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay, fucking Michael Bay. <laughs> um, Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes Productions produced this movie. I want to say this was one of the first, if not the first, horror remake that they did. They ended up doing a whole bunch for Platinum Dunes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. They also did The Hitcher. They redid The Hitcher as well. I don't know if that was before or after this though. Okay. They did it with um. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean, Sean, Sean Bean, Bean. Yeah. yeah, which is really good, by the way. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know um if it was the first or not, but it was one of the first. Um, and he says in the documentary that that they only had a, a budget of twenty million dollars, so it was really guerrilla filmmaking. <laughs> guerrilla filmmaking. I mean, consi- fuck you, Michael. Yeah, Bay. <laughs> considering from Michael Bay, he's had he's had single shots in movies that cost close to that. Well, that's what he was saying. He's like, he's like, I'm used to making movies with a hundred million dollars. So twenty million dollars is like, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. hundred million or two twenty million dollars. It's like it was basically guerrilla filmmaking. <laughs> fuck you, dude. Like <laughs> you wouldn't know what guerrilla filmmaking was. If it was literally biting you in the ass. I don't know much about his past, but like where he got his his start, but money. Was it? I, I mean, he looks like a he looks like a rich kid though. Like, <laughs> I, I, this is I'm just being a dick here, but he looks like the kind of guy you, you that grew like up in a, a mansion asshole. and was never told no. <laughs> Can I have more I, explosions? No, that was he was never told that, which is why there's a million fucking explosions in every single one of his movies. Oh, I love Bad Boys though. Bad Boys is great. I actually like Michael Bay. I'll be, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, he bastardized the Transformers series for sure. Um, the first movie was really good. The I still like that first good. movie. Everything after you that just is bastardized. Get, you but get caught up on the, the Transformer balls. I do. That's your I can't problem. can't get past it. <laughs> I cannot get past the Transformers balls. Um, I will say this, though. I would say that the majority of Michael Bay's filmography, though, I enjoy. Mm. It's I like mean, the, they're just... They're, they're good. The, the, he makes... Uh, I mean, at least nowadays, he makes just good popcorn... Yeah, movies. You know, like He's, you go, you sit, you turn your fucking brain off, you eat some popcorn and some peanut butter M and M's. He's the drink cinematic. A, drink a giant vanilla cherry coke with rum in it, and uh, 
Gotta have that. And enjoy and enjoy a Michael Bay film. He's the cinematic equivalent of Nickelback. Mm. It's basically what he is. Nickelback. He, I mean, for all intents and purposes. For, the masses. for all intents and purposes, they write hits. No, that's what I'm saying. They might be shit. They, they but you're write, still listening to they them. They write for the masses. Yeah. It's simple. That's fair. That's a good yeah. That's a that's a good way. Of um it. however, uh luckily though, like I said, they did hire Marcus Nispel to direct this and he brought his own uh whole you know view of what this movie should be. And a lot of why this movie succeeds is based on what he didn't do. Marcus Nispel's restraint is part of why I love this movie. Explain. Um he left a lot of things out that he didn't feel the need to really go into. <clears throat> yeah. Like they they didn't need to go into the origin stories. They didn't need to go into why the family was what they were. Yeah. They didn't need, they didn't, they didn't feel even go into the cannibal aspect. It was just implied. Mm. They didn't really go that hard, you know, into it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was the restraint on those kind of things that made the rest of the story they were telling shine. Right. Um, they also, uh, they had a great cast. I mean, fucking Arlie Emery. Are you kidding me? Arlie Emery. Or Ermy. I always say Emery. Arlie Emery though, are you kidding me? Like as the sheriff yeah, was, he was great. He's the highlight of the fucking movie. Like, fuck Leatherface. <laughs> like, before we were talking about Leatherface was, like, like missing in the old movies. In this one, I don't even care if he wasn't the main character because Arlie Ermey is so good. I could watch that guy literally act act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> you know? Well, and I think uh, just just to kind of... I don't want to get too, too, too ahead of myself, but, like the the way these two movies i don't know when they made this movie if they intended on eventually making a no, origin they story no, they did not they had no intentions whatsoever of making any kind of so the way that they were able to intertwine these two stories and kind of go back to marcus nispel's film and and explain certain things i hate it did you really I hated it all of it we'll get there and I'll, I'll speak on that when we get to the beginning but there are a lot of aspects of that movie that I really just didn't like how they did things. There were a couple things I didn't like because they were a little too on the nose, a little too over the top. But there were certain subtle things that I thought were pretty cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, and yeah, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. But I'm not saying that the beginning was an overall bad movie. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying um, there are parts of it that, there are the things that they did in that movie I would not have done. Okay. And and, and like, like I said, when we get to the second movie, because I don't want to get too ahead of myself, when we get to the second movie, I will explain yeah. all of that. Um, anyway, though, uh, so this movie is starring Jessica Biel as Aaron, Jonathan Tucker as uh, Morgan. Um, this is it's just stupid the way they lay this out. Hold on a second. We're going to start over. Jessica Biel as Aaron and her boyfriend, Eric Balfour, as Kemper. Why is that stupid the way they Because I want them to be together. Why? Because they were together in the movie. Who gives a shit? Togetherness <laughs> gives a shit. Um, then you have Jonathan Tucker, who plays Morgan. Morgan is the equivalent of the brother in the wheelchair, basically, uh, in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, you have Erica Lurson, who plays Pepper, and Mike Vogel, who plays Andy. Andy and Pepper are these two just young lovers who met each other like 24 hours previous, and they're playing tonsil hockey better than the 98 Red Wings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. You have uh, Andrew Byronarski, who plays Leatherface. Brinyarski. Brinyarski. Close. Fuck. 
I have some trivia about him. I hope it has to do with his cock. Oh. Does it? What? <laughs> Does it? No. Oh. <laughs> you got me excited. Though. I was just saying um, stuff. Like we said, Arlie Ermy, who plays Sheriff Hoyt. Um, I, the rest of the people uh, matter, that's, but that's not really. pretty much it. You know, eh, yeah. There That's was it. the I'm, I there was the there was the one girl David Dorfman who played Jed, Jedediah. That, oh, the kid, yeah, he's that great. kid plays a like he was he only ever plays creepy kids because he was what the, else was he? In? He was the kid in the ring. Oh shit, was he? Yeah. Okay. He was the kid in this movie. He was uh, he was in the ring too. Um, there's another kid that I always get him was mixed he in the up open? with. No. The remake of The Omen? No. Okay. No, that's not the same kid. Okay, okay, okay. But even still, three he's got three three at least under his belt right there. That's pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Dude, he's uh the kid the he was actually really he was one of my favorite parts of of this movie, to be honest with you. I thought that he had a he had a very interesting oh he was in Drillbit Taylor. Oh, I'm, I'm looking I'm, <laughs> with uh, fucking Wow. What the hell's his name? I can't. Owen think of... Wilson. Wow. And grown ups and zombies. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Little uh, little sidebar there. Yeah. Um, so... No. Uh, Jedediah though, uh, he plays a kid that you meet halfway through the movie, and he's like connected to the family, but like sort of an outcast. So he walks this weird line of sort of like wanting to be with the fucked up family, but then also feeling for the victims. Yeah. You never really, you never really get the. He was the most layered of, character, I think, of the entire movie. Quite frankly, you never really get the sense of where he might have come from. Well, I'm assuming it was a woman. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, no, he might actually thinking about it now. Thinking about the storyline, he might have been uh, like a kidnapped child at one point in time. Huh. You know what I mean? Because there was the part where there was another kidnapped child involved oh shit you're right so yeah, he probably was so jedediah from... might have been a you know because he he doesn't really like you said he doesn't really seem like he completely fits in with the family no you're right i mean they don't allude to it at all but they don't allude to his backstory at all whatsoever yeah. he's just yeah. kind of there he lives in the old mill away from the family like they want nothing to do with him he's pounding on the windows trying to get in and the grandma's like nah get out of here you stay outside with the dog it's like, like he's like a, like a little feral cat or yeah, something kind like, of grandma let me in but he's got like kind of a good heart like yeah. he wants to help the main characters yeah know, so and i think that there was actually supposed to be some more involvement like his character at one point in time leads a couple of other characters away like helps them escape from uh, Tom, Tommy uh-huh. Hewitt, Leatherface. Yep. And I, th- I think if I read correctly, originally that kid was supposed to get chainsawed. Why didn't they? I think because it was too shocking yeah. that he was going to kill well, a kid. Planet Terror had yeah, a kid shoot fuck, himself man? in the head. <laughs> Actually, like this, I think this movie kind of got cut to shit, didn't it? Like there was supposed to be some really good gore in this movie and stuff, yeah, and so, it got all cut up. So luckily, like I was talking about, how on the the that awesome DVD that I have, yeah, uh, there's a lot of deleted scenes on there. There's actually an entire storyline they cut out of this movie. There was bookends on the beginning and the end that have uh, Aaron, who is played by Jessica Biel, it's her character, way more in the future. And it's her in an insane asylum. Okay. Talking about 
her ordeal with Leatherface. And so the, it, it starts the movie with her basically retelling the story, and that's where the, the main story kicks in. And then it goes back at the very end to the, the interviewer being like, well, you keep saying that you, I'm paraphrasing here again, but like you keep saying that you don't think that we got the right man. Why is that? And this is some spoilers for the end of the movie. She goes, well, because the, 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 the person that you arrested had two arms. And who the who did they arrest? I have no idea. Well, that was the thing. I don't think it mattered at that point. They just like they thought they found a killer. You know, they thought they found a, a mass murderer in the state of Texas, and it had to have been them. This okay. and that. But she knew, and the guys like. But afterwards, the guys like, I'm sorry. Can you can you say that again? Like like it's like all the pieces are coming together in his head right at that moment. He's like, oh fuck, he's still out there. I mean, and it's a great moment, but they cut it. It's a great moment, but also, is that not one of the first thing she would describe to police when she was telling them well, she her probably experience did, but they probably thought she was crazy she's in a mental institution you know what i'm saying yeah. it's not so years later when somebody's re-interviewing her and they're smart enough to put the pieces together that's kind of that's one of the things that i didn't i didn't really like about this remake is so they go through their whole when they first meet the hitchhiker mm-hmm. right played by uh uh lauren german yeah is that her? Yeah, yeah. She she's the hitchhiker, but she's not a part of the family. She's uh, no. She's in a victim actually. And she actually she originally auditioned to play Jessica Biel's part. Yep, Aaron. Um, when they first meet her, she's um, like in shock or whatever. Like she'll barely say anything, and the only like she only once she realizes that they're headed back toward the Hewitt house, which is when she starts to kind of come alive and start to talk and then mm-hmm. you know eventually kills herself um i i kind of hate like jessica beale's character aaron is so tough throughout the entire movie and right up until the end she's she's like fighting against leatherface she's chopping his arm off she's running through the the butcher shot like the uh the, the slaughterhouse mm-hmm getting away from him she's agile she's quick she's strong and then right in those final moments when the trucker pulls over and and uh she hops in all of a sudden she starts acting like the girl from the beginning of the movie like literally saying the same lines the guy's trying to ask her where like what happened and where she's from and she just like is staring off into space and she says and she's like, no, we can't go back well, there. She, well, because we she's, can't go back there. Like, well, the she, idea, but she's the been, idea was she's, she's been acting like the girl from the beginning, though. She's been through all this traumatic but shit. But she's been so rational throughout the entire. Like, all of the shit that she saw firsthand is enough to, yeah, drive anybody crazy. But she's been able to deal with it rationally throughout the entire movie until she gets into this dude's truck and now all of a sudden she's like catatonic well i take that as sort of like a fight or flight response you know what i'm saying when you're in your when you're in the middle of it you act a certain way and then once you get away from it and you have time to reflect even even a little bit of time to reflect it's yeah. like you become a completely different person i guess it this kind of goes back to in what was it was it texas chainsaw three where there was that random chick that was in the woods who was mm. she escaped from the family mm-hmm. and she'd only been there for like a week and she was like catatonic and everything. Well, she wasn't catatonic. She, she was she was like in commando mode, like she was sneaking around the woods and she was crazy though. Like she had yeah, broke, she was crazy, she was broken, but though. 
That's my. That's what. That's what I'm saying. And though. catatonic's like, not the right yeah, word. I guess. Like right when word. I said catatonic earlier, it's not the right word because somebody who's catatonic is literally like a vegetable, dead to the world. Yeah. Um, but no, that that chick was in like in commando mode. Sure, she was. She and was... and Aaron Jessica Biel's character was sort of in commando mode for the entire, you know, last two thirds of this movie, and then all of a sudden she's. And I, I think it was, I think it was more so like I thought it was a little bit corny the fact that she was repeating lines that the girl in the beginning said almost word for word. Well, I think that was intentional. Like I, I, I know it was intentional. I just think it I was get corny. what you're saying. I think that if she was to maybe do it differently, the idea that she was in the same place as that girl from the beginning with the circle kind of repeats itself thing, I don't know that would have connected as much if she wasn't doing that. I think that was I more of that. a story thing than oh no no I a to- realism thing. I totally understand that. I I get that as far as the story goes. I'm just saying, I didn't really, I, I didn't really like it that much. Okay. Because throughout the movie, she was there were all these shots of of her like, uh, where they where she would be silhouetted and and Jessica Biel is super fit, like not just fit, like strong looking. You know yeah. what I mean? And she'd be silhouetted, and she would just look fucking muscular and tough, and and kind of the complete opposite of what you saw in that girl in the beginning of the movie. That yeah. the the girl in the beginning of the movie was meek and and had and had obviously gotten like just dragged through hell. Well, there's there's an interesting there's an interesting part to this movie that maybe makes it make sense. Maybe it makes it makes less sense. Honestly, um, one of the big storylines they cut out of this movie is so. <clears throat> I guess to get you up to speed. You got a, you got a, a group of kids. Not that I want to go through this whole movie, but like you have a group of kids. They're in the van. They're driving to a Skinnerd concert. Skinnerd, right? They stop at a watering hole in the beginning. They're doing their thing. They're driving across Texas. By the way, hands down, worst part of the movie is when she goes, "I hope they play Freebird." Oh, you're right. Of course, they're gonna fucking play Freebird. You dumb bitch. <laughs> most unrealistic <laughs> part of the movie right there um so they're driving though they 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 see the girl on the side of the road they pick the girl up uh she kills herself which we're gonna get there because i love 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 yeah, was the gnarly. scene where she killed herself yeah it was a great shot but, um what was the what was the part that you were just talking about though it was uh, her, uh, i just i just said like how aaron jessica elba's character was just very strong throughout the entire movie oh i mean there were parts where she was scared yeah, and sort okay. of so the girl whimpering and stuff but for the most part they she came across as a very strong well character. The reason, okay okay so so the girl kills herself they they try to find the sheriff they the um they stop at the same gas station that they do in the in the, yeah. in the original. Yeah, that's great. But the uh, but the woman behind the counter says, "Can you meet the sheriff over at the old mill?" Yeah. So they don't want to do it, but what are they going to do? Drive around with a fucking dead body in their car? So they drive to the mill. Dump it. <laughs> when they get there, there's no sheriff. Yeah. They don't know what to do. You know, they're talking about dumping it and this and that. Which brings me to this point. This is where one of the big deleted storylines comes into play. Okay. Um. So Kemper and uh, Aaron are a couple, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Kemper wants to basically dump the body and get out of there. Whereas Aaron's just like, no, this girl has a family. She has this and that. How would you feel? Blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Well, then Kemper and her walk away. And she tells Kemper, 
I need you to be this person because yada yada yada. I'm pregnant. Oh, and I need you to be a stand. I, I need you to be a father and this and that. I need you to you know I'm not going to raise a child with somebody who's like this. Like mm. and and so if you think of it from that from those oh, terms, and that's why it makes a lot more sense. That's how, why when they went to Mexico, she wasn't exactly. Drinking or doing exactly. drugs and stuff like that. That was okay. that, those are remnants from deleted storylines. Uh, yes. Okay. One hundred percent. Right on. Um, but they never actually say it. You know, they talk about him not wanting to propose and the 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 ring falls. I from my understanding though, that was actually changed while they were filming. They added the whole ring falling out of his pocket with the because she had talked about how she wanted like a teardrop diamond or yeah. whatever. And a ring falls out of his pocket later and it's a it's a teardrop uh, or teardrop diamond. That's sort of a callback to where instead of doing the whole pregnancy thing, yeah, that was like a quick one scene. And you get all that emotion right, right out of it right, in, right. In, in, in one go. Like he was fully prepared to commit. So I don't think that those two were necessarily going to be as a part of the same script. I think they they were. It was sort of rewritten on the fly, right? But um, but yeah. So she was supposed to be pregnant. So okay. if that gives anything away to her her character in this movie. It's why she's stronger. Why she's fighting more. That's why. It's because there was that backstory kind of built into her character. Yeah, like she the whole movie. she suddenly wasn't fighting for her own survival, but for the survival of her child as exactly. well. Okay, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, I mean this this movie's not terribly different from the original. Uh, it hits a lot of the same beats while. It's very, like I said earlier, it's very light in the cannibalism. It's very light on uh, origin stories. It's it's kind of the same movie with completely different characters, except for Leatherface. The whole family's different, which is a good thing. I think that if they tried to retell that same story, it would not have worked. Yeah. It would not have worked at all. Um, well, and I think, so thinking back to the original, uh, who the hell... Who kind of called the shots in the family in the original? We in just the, watched it a couple weeks ago. For in the original, sake. I mean, it was uh, it was the brother, wasn't it? Um, because grandfather was practically dead. Oh, oh it was yeah. the cook. It was basically like the oh cook, yeah, yeah okay, it was the cook. Um, yeah. So it was always, so so basically uh, Hoyt's character. Yeah. In a sense, I do like I do like the idea that they even. Even before they got, even before we get into the beginning, the fact that they they show that Hoyt is the one sort of pulling the strings, sure, in a way, you know what yeah, I mean? He's like, kind of the leader of the family. He's taking it upon himself to be the leader. He, you know, yeah, he's the one that everyone listens to. Um, Leather, they've, they've changed the yeah they've are they've changed the character of Leatherface slightly in he's that he's way more destructive in this movie he's way more of a brute he's right. way more of a force in right. this movie they they also got rid of the whole um kind of gender swapping thing that was kind of big in the first couple movies yeah they got rid of that completely that wasn't even a thing uh, yeah in either of these movies yeah um which and the thing is uh, like in the other movies they never really uh, it's kind of what i appreciated about the movies because uh they they just allowed it to happen without ever making a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Which when was, he felt like he wanted to be more maternal, he would wear a grandmother. Which mask. I think, which I think, added to the character though. I yeah. think that I think that was a missed opportunity. Oh yeah, that didn't oh, do it. Oh yeah, that's I I I guess not to not to say um, not to say that I didn't miss that in this movie. Like I thought that was a cool aspect of the character in the original movies is the fact that he would change his 
persona yeah. based on whatever I really hope face he was wearing or whatever uh, clothes he was wearing, and that was something that they sort of missed out on uh, in this iteration. But like, I, I at really, the same time, where would they be, where would they have even fitted in? I really hope that the the producers, whoever, weren't just like, oh, we can have him dress up like a woman. Go, 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 go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I don't. I think, hope. I hope that wasn't the case. I don't think that they. Would. Um. I, I hope. Well, they I, I, was, I, I should hope that they wouldn't. But. And if they did, then they then they completely misunderstood what made Leatherface kind yeah. of terrifying in the beginning. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, or in the the original. Yeah. They kind of missed out on that if that was the uh, the the road they took. Right. I hope that it wasn't. Um. Here's the thing that drove me crazy about this movie: everybody was so wet. <laughs> That drove you crazy? Like, sweaty wet. Like, you look at everybody, and they're literally covered in perspiration. Have you ever been to Texas? Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. And this, I guess... That's very realistic. No, I know. I Texas hated it. is hot as fuck, I hated dude. it because it was gross to look at. It added to the look of the movie... But I it mean, was gross. Sorry, I that mean, was just it, the next note that I had. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. It. it was gross with some characters, and it was the opposite of gross with other characters. What um, <laughs> what scenes do you stuck out in this movie? Like, what do you? Uh... Mm, well, first of all, I want to. I I love the fact that they they redid the the uh, the sliding door thing. Yep, slamming of the sliding door. I love that that's it's it's one of those it's one of those like it only happens for a split second kind of things they do it but they've done it in every single movie in some form and i really like that they continued doing that sure uh for me scenes that stick out in this movie i actually feel like there's things that we missed out on that would have stuck out for me more like kills like there's there was a lot of editing to this movie, uh, f- for certain kill scenes and stuff like that. Where I'm thinking, like, man, why didn't you just let that ride? It would have been so much better. You Which know, they what I mean? shot a lot of that stuff. It's in the oh, scenes. did they? Yeah. So what did they edit it well, out? Well, the, for... the scene where Morgan gets gutted from like the crotch up or yeah. whatever at the end. That's yeah. all in the deleted scenes. That's it's one there. of the scenes I was talking about. He I'm gets, like, he I'm gets like, straight cut I'm up. Like, why did you cut away from that right at the good part? Oh yeah, no, no, they they <laughs> shot it. It's there. Um, now that I have a, a sweet Blu-ray burner, I want. I'm almost thinking about like buying the Blu-ray of this and mm-hmm. ripping all of like the deleted scenes, then editing them back in. Yeah, and like some sort of weird composite cut. Uh huh. Because it would make this movie so much better. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Be great. Uh, other things that stuck out to me, I I really like. Uh, I like. Uh, I mean, I like it in quotations. I thought it was brutal and uh, and freaky and. In that way, I liked it. But when, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, the blonde dude. Uh, that would be Andy. No, not Andy. Uh, yeah, Andy. Uh, Andy. Yeah. His the one of the scenes involving him that every single time I watch this movie, since the first time that I've watched it until now, and I've probably seen this movie I don't know dozen times or something like that. Mm-hmm. The the scene where he so he's hung up on a meat hook. Mm-hmm. him trying to lift himself off of it and he can't get all the way and off. he gets he gets <laughs> he gets to like where if he if he could just pull like another inch he would be off of this meat hook and then his arms give out and he slams back down on it that's so just 
brutal and disgusting and amazing and gnarly. And then and then and then Aaron tries to help him off of it later. Oh, she's not like, helping him at all. And it's like, please just stop. This poor guy's been dropped on this meat hook like yeah. six times now. Just stop. Yeah, she wasn't helping him at all. She was just making it way worse. Like she oof. Yeah. And and her so if you were in his position where you're hanging there and you're like, I'm done for. My leg's gone. I've been dropped on this hook six times. And you ask this you ask this girl to just kill you and get it over with. What kind of death would you be looking for? Something quick, not bleeding out from the fucking stomach. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought too. <laughs> But then I also thought back to Dexter. You and I were both big fans of Dexter. And oh, if yeah. you stab somebody right there, like right below the xiphoid process, mm-hmm. if you stab somebody right there, you're going to sever their uh, aorta. Sure. They bleed out that's within seconds. That's not where he got stabbed, though. She okay. stabbed him in like, the gut. All right. Gut. That's kind of what I wanted to ask you. Yeah, like, Because no, for years I thought, why did you... <laughs> this poor guy's been through hell, lost his leg. He's hanging on a hook. He had salt rubbed into his stump. Well, like, why did you stab him in the stomach instead of slitting his throat or something? But I'm, then I was re-watching it, and I was like, did she get him right in the uh, the xiphoid process, like right bef- below that, and kind of sever the artery? Because if she did, then good no, on her, you didn't. know? Like, no, she, she might have ended it pretty damn quickly, but... No, she didn't. I, I'm also thinking of this scene, this is part of one of the things that I had a big problem with her character. Like, she... She was dumb fucking babyface character mm. to the max in this, to where she's being hunted and potentially her friends are all getting killed by this family, right? Yeah. She finds a big ass fucking knife to kill her own friend, but then leaves the knife <laughs> in her friend and doesn't take the fucking knife with her. She doesn't take to the defend knife? defend herself. No, she leaves it oh. in him. I don't think I noticed that. She runs away, and then there's the other scene where uh, when Morgan's getting killed, Morgan is strapped up in one of the friends. He's strapped up in an area. This is the scene that we were just talking about where Leatherface guts him from the crotch up. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, but before, I think before this happens, or maybe it's it's around this time, um, there's a scuffle, a, cr- a cr- scuffle, a cr- and, <laughs> and uh, Leatherface gets knocked up the ground, and his chainsaw lands directly in front of Aaron and she doesn't pick up the fucking chainsaw. Yeah. Like, pick up the fucking chainsaw and kill this motherfucker. Like, it's not difficult. What you doing? There's also another scene. There's another scene in the beginning and it's Morgan again. Morgan is inside the, um, the van with Arlie Emery or Ermy. And uh, Arlie Ermy is the the sheriff. He's trying to recreate the like the oh, scene. Oh, the suicide scene. Yeah, and he yeah. literally gives him a gun. Uh-huh. And the first thing that he should have done is shoot the fucking sheriff because you know he's a bad guy. Like like everyone knows it. Yet he he's given a gun that he thinks is loaded and he still hesitates for a good solid few minutes before he pulls the trigger. Well, okay. Like, just fucking shoot the guy. This is one of the things I wanted to talk about regarding uh both of these movies. I feel like if I was put in this position where you you basically know everybody in this house is out to get you. Uh-huh. You just kill them all, right? Like hundred yeah, percent. Like I'm a I'm a moral person. I don't want to kill anybody, uh, in real life. It that's not something I would take pleasure in. But if your friends are in this house being tortured, and you already know that at least one of the people in this house is a psychotic killer. All bets are off. Yeah, all bets are off. Like, you break into the house, and because there was a couple scenes where, like, uh, one of the characters would be 
Ooh. <laughs> One of the characters would be watching the old woman doing something, and I'm like, fucking kill her. Yeah, just kill her. Yeah. <laughs> like, and maybe that's maybe that's easy for us to say as as uh as as horror fans. But at the same time, I'm thinking about me in real life. I'm like, if I know that my my girlfriend's chained up in this house somewhere being tortured, I'm just gonna kill everybody. I'll deal. Uh, yeah. I'll deal with the mental consequences later. Like I'll deal with. I'll deal with the weight on my soul of having killed three or four people. Nah, I'm pretty sure later. you'd be okay with that one. Like, I'm <laughs> pretty know? sure I'd be okay with it. But I'm just like, just waste everybody, man. Like, why? Why are you fucking around? Just waste everybody. Get your friends and get out of there. Yeah, and that's I, the it, way it, I look at it. I don't know. It's, just, like a, it's dumb baby face fucking, <laughs> you know, uh, good guys. Like it's it's Well, and then that fu- I oh, well shit, we'll get into this when we get into the beginning with the biker dude. Oh, I That guy's oh, already a hardened a hardened asshole. Yet. Like not even go there what yet. What are you doing even hesitating, <laughs> man? Um in the, uh, in the remake though, I did think this. They didn't start off the last couple moves we had watched. Um, the first time you see Leatherface, it's like right with the chainsaw or it's right with whatever, you know. Um, this one didn't do that. Uh, they saved the chainsaw reveal until a little bit later after uh-huh. you see Leatherface. And I loved the chainsaw reveal. It starts like like the camera's sort of at the ground oh. and he's like pulling the drawstring a couple of times. And then as he gets it going, the camera kind of pans up with the chainsaw. It's this really awesome cinematic scene where it starts from the ground and goes all the way up with uh with Leatherface and the chainsaw. It's a really, really awesome chainsaw reveal. Um in, the, in this movie, in yeah, the remake? Yeah, because the first one, because the very first uh, time you see Leatherface, he just clubs the guy in the head with a hammer. He clubs Eric Belfour's yeah. character. Yeah. So before you see when when you see the leather or when you see the chainsaw for the very first time, it's this really, really awesome scene of of him like taking the chainsaw from the ground all the way up to the ceiling and the camera follows it up the entire time and it's fantastic. I don't it's remember really that for some reveal. reason. For some reason, I thought the the first reveal of him with the chainsaw is uh, when Monty is pounding his cane on the ground. No. And he's, and he's saying, bring it, boy, bring it. And they're well, I mean, standing right by the sliding door. And then all of a sudden, the door pops open and you hear, bring, 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 bring. Isn't that well, what, isn't that the reveal? Or do you actually see him revving the chainsaw before that? I can't remember. Well, it's all one scene. Like it's all one continuous shot. Okay. It might be the same shot. Like I said, it might be like the the part that I'm talking about might be right before then. Oh, okay. Um for some reason that's not yeah. Like for some reason I'm thinking because in every other chainsaw installment that we've watched so far, I've I've liked all the other reveals in all the other movies because all the other reveals were there's something happens uh-huh. and you're sort of and then you're sort of in that lull like you're you're in the down swoop where you go okay well everything's sort of evening out for a second and then all of a sudden out of the darkness he comes ring <laughs> and you're just like yeah. oh shit that's what, that's what I'm talking about like they saved the reveal to be yeah. this really awesome like I said it starts on the ground and then like it's it's awesome and the the uh, the looks on the faces of uh of Mike Vogel and Jessica Biel mm-hmm. in that scene when he first pops out from behind that door, those have to be like, I, I wonder, I, I didn't watch the documentary. Maybe you can uh, enlighten me here, but did they save that? Did they do one of the things where um, the, the main actors hadn't seen 
I have no the idea. The villain. They didn't touch until on that. the first scene that they shot with him or they something didn't like touch that. Any of that? Because those the, uh, reactions when he first pops out with the chainsaw, those look like genuine reactions. You know what I mean? Well, they're the the all the actors in this movie are just generally great. To be honest with you, like yeah, oh, I, yeah. I believed them all. None of them were hokey. Like they were all really really good. Yeah, everybody um, was great. I think most everything about this movie is good. Like there's not a. It's a great remake. This is one. It's, of, it's yeah. one of the very few great truly great remakes yeah. uh all through even leatherface um his mask i loved it in this one yeah i thought it looked really creepy and i gotta talk about leatherface a little bit here um the guy that played leatherface uh andrew 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 brian 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 um he uh you've seen him before i ha- i have you have he played <laughs> that actor Played the one and the only Zangief in the Street Fighter movie. Oh, did he really? That's who that is. Oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. The fucking Russian wrestler from the Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme is your Leatherface in both this movie and the beginning. That's the same dude. Same dude. Wow. So he's pretty old, huh? Not at all. I think he was just really young. Was think, he super young when he I did think, Street I, Fighter? I have to imagine because he's not that old. He's fucking huge, though. He is. That, that's exactly so it. So he's yeah. like six, like six five or something like that. Yeah, he's I, a big dude. I did read. Uh, he went on a. He what, what the hell did I read? He went on a diet of uh, white bread and brisket. White bread and brisket. That. Is the dream. I know, right? Is that not the truth? Like, <laughs> white bread I, and brisket? I wish that I had a job where like, I need you to get fat. Okay. <laughs> oh, <Sweet>. yeah, sure, <laughs> fine. White bread and brisket to bulk up for this movie. He got almost to 300 pounds. Makes, uh, you, makes you wonder if you would even like brisket afterwards, though, if you ate that much of it. Is there ever too much brisket? I think so. You think so? Yeah, I do. I don't know about I that. I do. Not when you offset it with white bread. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Um, your white bread. He did. He he. <laughs> thank you. He looked. Uh, <laughs> there were certain scenes in this movie where I didn't fully like the way he looked, though. Especially sh- scenes shot from behind. He's a big dude, and he was already like three hundred pounds. But it looked like they put giant shoulder pads on him in some scenes. I didn't notice any of that. Especially when they got toward the end of the movie when he was chasing uh, Aaron through the the slaughterhouse. And like the scene where he was walking through the lockers and stuff like that. There was was parts when he would turn away from the camera. And he's kind of hunched over, you know. He's, you know, just big galoof. And uh, his, his shoulders looked... Massive. unnaturally wide like he was wearing well, they, I like was he was wearing they put, like fucking linesman or uh shoulder pads yeah i i suppose it's possible they did something like that it wasn't noticeable to me yeah but who knows maybe just to bulk him up a little bit um overall though i liked him i loved him as leatherface he was he was huge but he was agile sure you know oh yeah like all the other all the other leatherface incarnations up to this point were sort of just like I don't know, big and dopey, yeah. kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was literally really... like he was really like when he was sprinting after somebody, it was really intimidating because he looked like a giant person 
who really was light on their feet and really could run fast. I would say that none of the actors that portrayed Leatherface since the first movie actually portrayed him in a flattering light. You know what I'm saying? Like in two, three, and four, all of them, they weren't terrible, but they weren't Gunnar Hansen. They they didn't embody that character the way that he should have been. Whereas <laughs> whereas this dude though And maybe it was just the fact that he literally went insane and there was very and, possible. It, and it came through on film, but very possible, but it's very similar to like Kane Hodder and Jason, though. Yeah. Nobody portrayed Kane Hodder the, or portrayed Jason the way that Kane Hodder did. You know, right. all those early Jasons, they're not my favorite because they're all very just kind of stiff and they didn't really understand the character. Whereas uh, uh, Bernowski or whatever this fuck his name is, Bernierski, Bernierski, like he, I feel like he really channeled that Gunnar Hansen craziness. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, you know, absolutely worked. So, um, if you have not seen the original, um, the original remake, I should say, uh, we highly recommend it. It's fantastic. It's one of the better remakes that you're you're going to see. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I think that Texas Chainsaw, like Evil Dead, and fuck, I don't, I don't even know what else is in terms of modern remakes. Like there, that's those two are definitely top three for me. They really <laughs> and, are, uh, and obviously. Obviously, Friday the Thirteenth. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I, or I shit, not Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, uh, Nightmare. Nightmare. I was like, cause, Nightmare. Cause no, the, Friday the Thirteenth was was Marcus Nispel again. Yeah, and that's actually I I've got problems with that remake, but for all intents and but purposes, it really it's a good. pretty fucking solid remake. Yeah, agreed. Marcus Nispel's just got this agreed. talent for making good remakes. Speaking I, my joke went to <laughs> it went awry because I meant to say you ruined it. Night, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That Speaking was Speaking of Marcus Nispel and what he brought to that movie, moving on to Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Beginning. This is three years later, two thousand and six. Uh, this was directed by a guy named Jonathan Liebeson. Uh We just watched a movie that he did, Darkness Falls. Oh, same guy. Okay. He also did Battle of Los Angeles, Wrath of the Titans. Tight, Titans. Tight, Titans. <laughs> Wrath of the Titans and the newest, um, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the first one, the first Michael Bay one. Uh, he directed that as well. Um, right off the bat on this movie, it already feels cheap. Like the very first scene that they showed, yeah. like instantly, it's like this is a copy. They're trying to copycat Marcus and Spell style. Yeah. And it didn't work. Didn't at all. Um, um can I? I so I had never seen this full movie before. Neither did I. I had seen what I had seen was the scene where the uh, the uh, so the like the supervisor at the um, the the slaughterhouse uh-huh. is talking to his underling and saying, "We got to get this guy out of here. Like we're you know we're closing down. We're shutting down for good. Why don't you like you go out and you tell him that we have to leave." So there's so there's that part where he goes down and he s- says some really shitty shit to him yeah. and <laughs> tells him he has to leave and then the subsequent scene where uh Thomas Tommy is uh um Tommy for those who don't know is Leatherface in this uh version of of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh-huh. um he goes into the office of the the boss dispatches him and then like and then it's just like the music like and he's walking off into the sunset with his new chainsaw yeah i seriously thought it was a a fan-made short film yeah i I did i i thought it was a and and 
when I saw it, I was like, it's actually kind of an awesome fan made short film. But it's not a great But it's not a it's not a great feature length yeah, <laughs> actual film. Well well you talk about the chainsaw. What pissed me off about it is like, so this is an origin story, right? You'd think that the origin story would be why he was associated with the chainsaw to begin with. Yeah. And their version of it is oh, the chainsaw is just sitting on a table. It's just sitting in the office and he takes Yeah, it. why was that chainsaw there? That's it. There's there's no backstory as to why he has an affinity for a chainsaw. It was uh, literally just there. Well That's it. I guess my issue is different from yours in that like mine is more from a practical standpoint, like, why is there a chainsaw sitting in this dude's office? No, I agree. That doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm saying the same thing. But the idea that he might just see a chainsaw and have uh like a natural attraction to it that makes sense well yeah but like you would think though for an origin story though they would actually make a better origin story for it instead of oh the chainsaw is just sitting there he likes it cool he grabs it but he doesn't he just sees it and he's intrigued by it he doesn't use it until way later in the movie and then once he uses it he something snaps inside of him and he goes oh my god because once he uses it for the first time he he doesn't use it until probably an hour and 15 minutes into the movie sure once he uses it there's like this like a switch that snaps in his head and he goes oh my god i, I fucking that. love this thing i get that what i'm saying though is you have this opportunity to flesh out the character to yeah. flesh out this story to bring everybody up to speed as to why he is the way that he is and what they went with was it's just sitting there. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like that's what doesn't make sense. So do you? Do you? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but would like what would you have liked to have seen? I don't know. Make it to make it to be where he used the chainsaw maybe in the butchering. Maybe they used it in you know because that was his job. He worked in the slaughterhouse. Maybe he used it for that. Maybe that's why he was so comfortable with it. Maybe yeah. Maybe somebody caused him harm or whatever, and he, you know the the. The manager that tried to kick him out or whatever. Sure, the chainsaw was just sitting there, but then he picked up the chainsaw because it was the closest thing to him, killed him, and then looked at it. And, and then, you know, like, there can be a reason as to why he's connected to that chainsaw more so than just, oh, it's just sitting there. I'm going to take this with me. Now it's mine. Like, that's, that's pretty much what they did. So, you know, I agree to disagree. I, I, I just thought they could have done more. Obviously, I think you were okay with them the way they did it. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. Agree, agree to disagree. Sure. I just, I just thought that it could have been done in a more grandiose way. Like this is the, this is the origin stories to one of the most, like prolific serial killer in movies of all time. You know, yeah. what I'm saying? like they could have done so much more with it. Yeah, and they just decided to, oh, here's your signature weapon that people have known about for forty years. It's just sitting there, take it. <laughs> like, I just thought there could have been way more to it. That's all. <laughs> That's just, that's just my opinion. I still maintain. <laughs> not only is it the, not only is it the the signature weapon of one of the most famous serial killers of all time, but it's literally just sitting on the desk. Yeah. Of a dude. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like so a paperweight. No, no, no. We're saying to <laughs> you're you're saying you're saying more about it, but like, but the fact that it's literally just sitting there like a paperweight on a guy's yeah. desk is ridiculous. There's no reason for it to be there. <laughs> Um. Anyway, though, uh, I I will say this: I liked Leatherface's original mask in this. Oh, like he had sort half, of like a half mask, okay. yeah. And it was and it was made of 
so they were showing the montage in the beginning of this movie was going from like so in the beginning of this movie you see another a, a, a woman who works at this same slaughterhouse mm-hmm. and she uh collapses and goes into childbirth yeah her boss thinks that she's drunk or something like that she, like, she this takes starts... place way in the past too this is well obviously like, like when yeah. when tommy was born and then the baby tommy he gets thrown into a dumpster or yeah, whatever which face is was just trash terrible apparently. yeah and uh it's found by this woman who is uh who is um mama mm-hmm. right yep like way back in the past, and he's got, he's thrown out because he's hideously deformed. He's got this like skin condition and stuff like that. And then he goes back to work at this same slaughterhouse years later, and so they have a montage in the beginning, and it and and it looks like he started he started off the way a lot of serial killers do, which is like killing animals and uh-huh. stuff like that. So is that first mask that he's wearing? Is that kind of is it implied that that's made out of Leather. animals yeah I just, or leather yeah because it's not until um so we didn't we didn't even get into the, the cast on this one too much at least um you have like arlie ermy re, uh, returns as uh uncle uncle charlie hewitt slash uh sheriff hoyt mm-hmm. uh you have uh the, the main the main character sorry not to go back to this but your main characters you have jordana brewster who plays chrissy uh you have uh <laughs> <laughs> you have Taylor Handley who plays Dean, uh, Diora Baird, no relation, right? I don't know for sure, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> she plays Bailey, uh, and then you have Matt Boomer who plays Eric. Uh, you have uh, Jordana, I'm sorry, uh, Jordana Brewster's character and um, Taylor's. Is it Chrissy and Dean that are together? No, or is it Chrissy uh, and Chris, Eric? Chrissy and Eric. So Chrissy and Eric are together, and, and then, then Dean, Dean and, Bailey. and Bailey are together. Yeah. Um, Eric and Dean are both brothers. They're going to enlist in Vietnam. Uh, Eric is all full, full blown wuha the whole deal, whereas Dean wants to basically go to Chicago or uh, Chicago. <laughs> wants to go to Mexico. I don't know how I messed that up. Chicago and Mexico, yeah, same, same thing. thing. <laughs> uh, they want to go to Mexico basically and, and dodge the draft. Yeah, because uh, he didn't believe in the war and this all that. Um, and so they're on their way to the recruitment office, basically, when their story starts. And it's basically the exact same fucking story. Mm. Like, there, like, once again, there's there's very little creativity in the sense of changing the story. It's people in a van driving down a road, and they get caught by Leatherface and his family. Like, yeah. It's the same fucking story. Uh, hey, they were in a Jeep this time. Sorry. A Jeep. <laughs> Like it's just like every single one of these movies, though they use the exact same blueprint. It's like, come on, but do that's, something different. This but is, that's this is your sixth movie at this point, and but that's every kind single of, one of them is the same. But that's kind of well, two definitely wasn't the same as the rest. But um, uh, two is different. I'll give you that's that. That's kind of the family's mo, though, is they they wait on these side roads for young people to drive by and then they but they kidnap them but they don't need to they don't need to show that story on film the same way though yeah like the actual film itself like you can have in this movie start with the family with the family's the main characters and then half an hour into the movie these kids just randomly show up to the bar or the diner wherever it is they're at you know what i'm saying yeah like you start it from that perspective but just change it up to keep it fresh it's like the same perspective every fucking movie and it gets old, quite frankly. And you notice, um, I I didn't really think about this, but if you 
if you consider it, uh, because there's there's a there's a part in this storyline where they find, uh, oh shit, no, that was in the first movie. We didn't even talk about the the kidnapped baby in the first one. No, we didn't. But it's kind of it's 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 reminiscent of uh, the hills have eyes. Oh well, I was gonna say that basically like a mutant family who's killing off all the adults and sure. stealing well, the children, raising them as their own I didn't, stuff like that. I didn't mention this in in before, but when we were talking about the first movie, you have that Jedediah character. Mm. He was totally Ruby, like yeah. absolutely yeah. Ruby. Like the, here's this 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 kid who's growing up with these fucking monsters. Yeah. But they have a shred of good in them, and, they, and you can see it. And they also had the the kidnapped baby, yeah, and everything. It, oh, yeah. oh, dude, yeah, it's very similar. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake is <laughs> the hills have eyes. I mean, I mean, I don't. Who knows? Maybe it was, you know, uh, influenced by it. But who knows? Um, we were talking about Leatherface's mask. Though, this is the whole point of me getting on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think it was made out of like just regular leather because he worked at a slaughterhouse. He was covering his face. Yeah. It wasn't until um, Arlie Ermey's character, who wasn't the sheriff yet, um, he basically turns the family into cannibals. And you see, and you actually do see the origin of them becoming cannibals yeah. in this movie because they shut down the slaughterhouse. They had to make ends meet. They had to get food from somewhere. So why not kill the local passerbyers, you know? Right. Um, and it wasn't, and so I think like, Early on, the mask was leather, and it wasn't until later on in the movie that he took his first face mask because he even says, "Oh, I like your new face," or, yeah. or "I like your new mask," yeah. whatever it was, and um, that was his first like people leather face mask. That's where he got the name from. One um, of the, it's the same mask that he's wearing in the two thousand three. No, it's not because I hated it in this one. It's a different mask. It's this. It's this. It. I think. I think the. I think the. Imp- What's implied is that this was his first human leather face mask. Yeah. And by the time you get to the 2003 Marcus Nispel version, it's all rotted away and I stuff. I mean, that's possible. That, that That's very well, I possible, think, I suppose. But I totally think that's what it's supposed I, to be because it's it's stitched in the same spots and everything. Oh, okay. I didn't, I don't, I didn't actually notice that. I just... I just know that in this movie, I just didn't like the way it looked. I thought it looked kind of, not hokey, but like it just didn't look scary. Well, it looks like when in the 2003 one, he's wearing his original mask and then he kills Eric Belfour's character Mm -hmm. and takes his face. Yeah. It looks, I remember seeing this, I I remember seeing the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time and when he first turns around to face Aaron after he had just killed Pepper. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember seeing his face because he's wearing Eric Belfort's face at the time and laughing. So I was like, that looks fucking ridiculous. It's like this 100, 150 pound dude's face stretched over the face of a, it stretched weird. over the skull of a, a 300 like pound him, man. Though, too. That was the weird thing. Well, like, yeah. Uncannily like him. But uh, yeah, but uncannily? like if it was. Uncannily? Is that a word? Uncannily. Yeah, sure. Sure. It looked like him in an uncanny way. I don't know. But uh, I think that's kind of what the, when he kills, spoiler alert, when he kills, uh, not Dean, what was the other one? uh, Eric? Eric, yeah. When he kills Eric in this one and puts his face on for the first time, the stitch lines and stuff like that match the stitch lines from the 2003 remake. So I think it's, that's supposed to be his original leather face 
human mask. Okay. Except for by the time you get to the 2003 remake, it's all decomposed doesn't, and doesn't stuff. Doesn't change the fact that I never once found the oh, mask to- in this one though. Oh scary. yeah, yeah, it totally looks like, stupid. I like the the original the like, half leather face mask, mask with the leather. Better. Oh yeah, it looks way better. I looked super creepy. Yeah. It had like a mankind sort of thing going. I was I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. It looks exactly like Mick Foley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like to a T. Yeah. Um. I, and it was actually almost a little bit distracting because of that, because it's exactly where my mind went. But it still looked a lot better. They never give you a good like for the entire first fifty minutes of the movie or whatever before he puts on that new face. They never give you a really good focused shot of him no, in that don't. half mask, though. No, it's always kind of in passing, and it's kind of it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of frustrating just from the standpoint of somebody who loves masks. I'm like, I want to see what it looks like in detail, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it might be less creepy if you see it in full detail. Yeah, probably true. Um, the fact they kept it in shadow and in hiding is probably better, yeah. honestly. Because yeah. it looked creepy as it is. Oh, I would yeah. hate to, I'd hate for them to like close up on it, and then you realize it doesn't look near as good as you thought that it did. Yeah. So that's probably uh, for the best. Um, I, one of the things I did like about this movie a lot, there's a lot that I didn't like, but one of the things I did like is the history of the sheriff yeah. of Arlie Ermey's character. Yeah. And you come to realize he ain't the sheriff at all. He killed the sheriff, yeah. <laughs> stole his clothes in his car, and now he's just posing as it. Uh, Lou Temple was the sheriff, by the way, yeah. the one that he blows away. I like Lou Temple. He's cool. I don't know that I recognize him from anything else. He was in uh, Devil's Rejects. Uh, he just had a small part. He's the guy who, uh, when Bill Mosley takes him out into the desert, he says from the quote from the beginning of our show, the I'm the devil and I'm here to do yeah, the yeah, devil's yeah. work. The guy who he beats to death. That's oh, the okay. Okay. And then he was in, uh, my name. He was in 31 too. Okay. He was one of the, oh, that the for, clowns. <laughs> that forgettable movie. I really don't like that movie at all. Um, but back to, back to this, um, yeah, like I said, I like I like the idea that you see that you see the backstory of the sheriff. I thought that, that that was the one thing for me, like I said, that 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 made the first movie I think a little bit better, just having that backstory, having that understanding of where he came from and why he was why he had the sheriff gear to begin with. Yeah. But then here's my here's my my big problem with this movie. Um it basically all the things that Marcus Nispel purposely left out and i mentioned this earlier hmm. all the things that he purposely left out of the first movie mm-hmm. the origin stories the um the cannibalism stuff the uh uh the, the dinner table scene you know they didn't really do a big dinner table scene in the remake right it's like it's like all that stuff he left out intentionally to make a movie that felt different and wasn't just retreading old ground yeah it's like all those pieces that they cut out were basically just picked up by this production and go, let's make a movie out of all these pieces that they didn't think were good enough to be in the first one. Right. And then they harped on it. Like like the whole cannibal thing, I think, was way overplayed in this Oh, movie. yeah, they really... They well, really, really hammed up the cannibal I liked, stuff. I liked the angle that they took where, like, you know, the, 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 the slaughterhouse gets shut down. Basically, the whole town is dying out. Mm-hmm. Nobody... Everybody has to leave because there's nothing left. And I kind of... In a way, I liked the idea that the family, in order to just stay where their roots are, they turn to cannibalism because sure. it's it's basically easy food. But they could have they. I but like they, they really, but they really just go. They kind of focus on it too much. Yeah, yeah. They could have they could have done it way more subtly and then focused on a more interesting part of the story. 
because that's what makes it creepy. Well, they it also, makes it creepy that it's so normal. They also well, they yeah, they make they make the rest of the family get okay with it way too fast. Yeah. Like Hoyt is psychotic and he's obviously seen some shit in his life and like and he he even explains it to to these kids at one point in time because one of them's been to Vietnam, the other mm-hmm. one is doesn't want to go to Vietnam and he says, you know, when you're over there you you got two choices. You can either you can either eat or be eaten basically, yeah. right? And so he sort of manipulates the rest of the family into believing that they need to do whatever they they need to do to survive, which, you know, they resort to cannibalism. But everybody in the family gets okay with it really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's a bit bizarre, honestly. I um it's funny, you mentioned Hoyt's middle military background, and was I the only one that was botching this? And I thought and I, and when he was having a lot of his dialogue um, I think it was towards the end of the movie. Was I the only one that looked at it and go, they're just making him basically react his, uh, was it um, Full, Metal, Full Jacket. Metal Jacket? They were just basically making him redo his character from Full Metal Jacket. Well, and I thought that was a little bit lame. I was just like, what are you doing? Like, we've already seen that character. This is not the same character, yet you're. You're basi- yeah. You basically wrote th- that character into this character. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just dumb. Well, why would you do that? I I guess I understood it in the sense of that he was a former military man, but at the same time, it's it's almost like when you have Arlie it's cheap a little bit, yeah. Because when you have Arlie Ermey in a movie, you can go one of two ways. Like you can either that's the direction you're gonna go because uh-huh. he actually in real life was a, oh, a yeah. drill sergeant oh, yeah. at one point in time. That's why he so, was so good at it. Yeah, he's fucking. <laughs> Get on the ground, maggot! Like he, that's why I he's fucking. I bet you fucking... could suck a golf ball through a guard nose. <laughs> like, like, but when you overuse it, it kind of becomes corny. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, I just didn't think that that character fit in this movie, and they kind of wrote it into the character. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. It was just it, maybe I'm the only one that noticed that. Maybe it was more taxing on me. I don't know. But uh, like, I just didn't care for it. Like I yeah. say, it was distracting to me. Yeah. It's like that's not the. That's not the character that I grew to love from this first movie. He's like, a, it's, he's the same but different. There's something off about him, and maybe it was the way that it was written. Right. And and speaking of being off, I mentioned this again at the beginning. It's like this whole entire movie just felt like it was trying to be something else, trying to be the original remake, trying, you know, Hoyt's character is trying to maybe have that written into it, trying to, you know, retreading the exact same story, retread. It's like. I don't understand why this movie exists. <laughs> I guess that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I, it's not that it's a bad movie either. Like, it's not overtly bad. Yeah. It's just kind of nothing. Like, it's it's just, kinda... It just doesn't really... It's not bad, but it's not good. Like, it's, it's, just... like, it's like they're filling in all the gaps that you don't really... Like, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, some of those some of those gaps you, you want because you make up your own story in your head and, and it's more dark and more brutal than what they could put on screen and then when they put it on screen you're just like oh that's that's not as good as what i thought it's like adding the holes back into swiss cheese why (laughs) why would you do that but why the reason that we like the swiss cheese is because it has fucking holes in it (laughs) why would you or putting the holes back into a donut why would you do that yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Either sell me the donut or sell me the hole. I don't want the hole back in the donut. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, but that, that, that's like, why would you do that? Like, this was fine the way that it was. You didn't, you didn't need to, to, to put that back together. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's just, I will. That's my I, like the it. like the first the first like thirty five minutes of the movie seemed really forced when they were doing the like the the plant shutting down and 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 they did use Tommy, a lot of the same Tommy working at the plant and stuff like that. They did use a lot of the same locations which I which I did appreciate. That though. was cool. It did yeah. connect the two movies. You know, the house was the same. I think the plant the meat processing was the same. Um so a lot of that was familiar, which was good. I did like the score from the beginning. I thought I thought it was really cool. I don't know that I paid attention to the score to be uh, honest with you. The one the one from two thousand three, the remake, mm-hmm. there was actually quite a bit of the score that came across as sort of corny to me really which was interesting because i had never i had never watched it and thought that before because i've seen that movie i don't know sure. you know seven or eight times i'd never thought that it was corny and then i rewatched the remake and i go man there's kind of fucking cornball music in this i and then i and then i watched enough to and then i watched the beginning from you know three three years later in 2006 i was like some pretty awesome music in this movie. It's very intense. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I noticed it. Like it, it didn't stick out enough for me to notice it one way or the other. Mm. It was just kind of there. Yeah, you know, for me. Um, I don't but know. That's, but that's kind of good in a way. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Like if a if if the if the score just sort of becomes part of the movie, that's it wasn't kind of what you're aiming for. It wasn't for. 80s speed metal over <laughs> random random parts of a movie, so that's good. <laughs> uh, no, I don't have too much else. I I. Uh, I I I really like the remake. Yeah, I do too. Uh, the beginning felt somewhat unnecessary, but I also it was didn't a cash grab. But I also didn't have a bad time watching it. No, that, and that, and that's kind of that's the thing we've been kind of ripping it apart a little bit, and 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 it, for good reason. for good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, it's not good though either. Like it's just kind of there. It's not good or terrible like i didn't hate myself for watching it right i've, I've hated myself for for worse movies but like <laughs> you know it, i i just like i said i got done with it. i go okay i saw that yeah it was fine yeah didn't didn't need to exist yeah didn't not need to exist it just they sure made that movie yeah <laughs> like that's that's really what it comes down out to of, out of all the texas chainsaw massacre movies this is one of them i guess they <laughs> I, yeah yeah that that's actually a very good way of putting it it's like I guess they wanted to make some money out of it. Hopefully they they did. I, there's just really nothing else to add to it, which, which makes me very interested now for two weeks from now to realize to think of where they're going to go from here. Oh jeez. Because like what if if it was me watching this movie, <clears throat> it's like either you reboot the series again, which why would you do that, or you make a sequel. But what? Here's one. Here's one thing I'm not going to complain about. I'm going to I'm going to be a typical typical male pig right now and I'm not going to apologize about it. Uh Jessica Biel, Jordana Brewster and coming up is Alexandra Daddario. I'm not going to complain. You left out Dior Baird. Huh? You left out Dior Baird, dude. I'm not going to talk about her because I might be I might be related <laughs> to her. <laughs> I can talk about her. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain. <laughs> That's <laughs> those, fair. Those are all. Those are all very good. Fair point. Very good actresses. <laughs> fair point. There are there are three good reasons to watch these movies. 
there are six good reasons to watch this movie. <laughs> oh, we're just terrible. All right. On that note, I think we need to end it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's end it all. All right. Um, <laughs> we never, we never, we never cracked our last peach beer. Oh, so sure, we on, as we, uh, as we, as we sign out here, we're going to crack this peach wheat. Uh, what does it say up there? I don't know. It says, oh, Hill Country Peach Wheat. Oh, it smells a lot like peach. Hill Country Peach Wheat is brewed with juicy, perfectly ripe peaches from the nearby Texas Hill Country. These peaches, along with a mix of two-row and wheat malts, make for a slightly sweet, refreshing ale. Barely filtered, this brew has a golden, hazy color and tastes like it came fresh from the orchard. So pop open a peach and enjoy. Well, you can. Um, let's take a sip of this and then explain our changes for the shows Cheers. for the next couple oh, weeks. Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. So we told you last oh, week good. what our picks... I don't picks... even like peach, and that's good. No, it's very good. We told you what our picks were going to be for the next couple weeks. We're changing things up just slightly. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to swap the top 10 kind of in two ways the top 10 was supposed to be next week it was originally supposed to be top 10 franchises we it dawned on us though that you know what we haven't fairly seen every movie from every franchise to really have a, a good grasp on this yeah so that might not have been a great pick right but we did have another idea or james had another idea um that we're going to use actually for our 200th episode because it's a little bit more of a personal kind of top 10 list yeah um so i will we'll explain that more on that later so but the top 10 list is going to be for the 200th episode, which is going to be later on in the month. Next week, though, we're going to take what would have been that 200, 200th episode. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that next week, which was the... Uh, uh, Neroy, yep. The Curse, yep. which I've been trying to get Mike to watch forever, so I'm excited about that, and, and Lake Mungo. Yeah. So that will be next week. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully by the time you hear this, I will already have posted our month schedule up so it'll make more sense. But, uh, but yeah. So it'll be that'll be next week. The week after that'll be our final installment in the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Correct. And then are we announcing the two hundred two hundredth episode? Or are we not not doing that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know, James. Oh, okay. <laughs> we we have plans. We'll uh, yeah, we'll figure it, it out. We're we'll gonna sh- we're gonna streamline it and then we'll announce it. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to find us in the meantime on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can find us on all major streaming sites, including Spotify. Tell a friend, spread the word, give us some reviews. It's all good in give the hood. Us, give us all the stars, all of them, all the stars, or one. I don't, hoard, I don't give a shit. Hoard all of the stars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, till next week. Cheers, sir. Raise a peach to you. Cheers. One more, one more week of this leather-faced buffoon. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> All right. Try to have a good night.